This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. What is going on, everybody? It is episode 547 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett, and I am here once again with my co-host. Would you introduce yourself, please? Hello, Crisis Actors. It's Mary. Yesterday's show is definitely going to be a tough act to follow, but we'll try our best. It's just us alone in the studio once again. Oh, I like the... Uh, it's I'm nice <laughs> to be back to normal in a way. I appreciate the calm, you know, yeah. I, I do. It's it's a guy got to get my energy back up, but I appreciate the calm after such a hectic day where you're constantly kind of pushing buttons. We didn't even get to get into uh, the 70 words that you're not supposed to stay. We yeah, we had this whole thing planned that, you know, there are a bunch of phrases such as hip hip hooray that are not woke anymore and you can't say them anymore because they have racist origins. And then we just forgot. Yep. entirely and planned a normal show so it came to me today late. like literally almost episode 600 though we'll we'll keep it for then i'm sure we'll it'll remember. be here before we know it you th we're joking about it but it, it will creep up on us i'm sure we'll remember i'm like i can't even remember what i had for dinner yesterday like i said uh, i go and do uh, a show with colonel kurtz on mondays at 9 p.m and when i'm talking about like what we talked about on our show today i'm like uh how did that go uh, uh the show went fine yesterday yesterday was a lot of fun but for the most part most days like, so what'd you talk about today i'm like no clue you'd yeah. have to go check yourself i have no idea that was like four hours ago might as well be a lifetime ago also it snew today yes uh it's not snoo. a lot <laughs> uh you could you could have slud on the ground if you're if you're not careful. it was the texture of a slushy yes everywhere it's disgusting hard on the windshield wipers yeah snow like that so but also we had pizza because it's fat tuesday oh yeah do you want to explain to the to the non-religious folks what i mean i think a lot of people know this this is fat tuesday this is the day before ash wednesday the beginning of lent and i guess it's just called fat tuesday because you're supposed to pig out on all of the food that you're about to give up um it's also called shrove tuesday you're supposed to get shriven by going to confession okay that's getting shriven. I didn't know that until. I mean, I I a didn't know what ago. fat to like. I'd never heard the term fat Tuesday. Oh, before, you're so supposed I'm sure you're to informing at least it's some like people. Mardi Gras. Okay. It's. I mean, you're also supposed to eat pancakes. I think that's one other tradition and Cajun food because Mardi New Gras. Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I didn't have any pancakes, but we had pizza. Good enough. Uh, I also, I think, uh, I don't remember who it was. It might have been Shane H. Wilder sent me a meme. My One of my favorite, okay. So after I quit soda, I started following all of these like soda rumor accounts. What does Which that are mean? a mixture of like either <laughs> new flavors that are supposedly going to come out in different regions. Or it's fake pictures of not real drinks. And one of them was like Mountain Dew Code Bread. <laughs> well, apparently they, uh, the pictures of that Baja Blast pie. Mm -hmm. We're actually not going to shelves. Oh, so we're it's, fake news. Well, what's new with us being yeah. fake news? But um, yeah, it's from their test kitchen. Okay. Like Mountain a, Dew. There is a, a Taco Bell test kitchen. No, not I mean probably or for is Taco it a Mountain Bell. Dew yes. test kitchen. 
Now I'm confused, but I think it was the Mountain Dew test kitchen. But, but what owns Mountain Dew? What's the company? It's uh, Pepsi. It's, uh, it's Pepsi. Pepsi. Yeah. Pepsi owns it. So Pepsi, I would guess, has a test kitchen. Yeah. And that's the kind of insane stuff that they invent in it. That job sounds awesome. It does. But you probably have to have like extensive knowledge of chemistry, that right? That sucks. Like, uh, I, <laughs> look, I, I, look I, I quit soda in December, right? And so I immediately started following these accounts. It's like, uh, cause you know, like if you ever, if you ever like travel, if you go across the country in a car, you'll get stuff that are available, like stuff at gas stations that's available just in that region that you'll never find at the gas stations by your house. So like, it's like, it's like somehow my algorithm knew as soon as I decided to quit soda, my computer's like saying, Hey, look at this. Doesn't that look good? And then immediately after that, soda streams, like we're now making Mountain Dew soda stream. And I'm like, fuck. What's what does that mean? Uh, soda stream is like the it's like the you have a water. soda stream. Yeah, I have a so now you can get Mountain Dew syrup. soda stream. Yeah, syrup. And then I'm like just in time for me to quit. So I bought some anyways. I'm gonna keep Bruh. it. I'm gonna <laughs> keep it just in case I ever decide to go back. In case you ever cave, which yes. because you have it, you will. Well, I, I I figured by summer once I'm skating every day. I can ease as a, up on as it. a treat. Yes, I can. I can ease up on it a <laughs> okay. little bit. Um, but yeah, guys, now that we're off on this fantastic tangent to start the show, I want to first ask you to please subscribe to this channel if you have not done so already, and like this video as well. We did just pass 100,000 subscribers, which is a fantastic thing for us. So thank you so much for that, guys. But share these videos out with your friends so that more people can come in here, hang out, and watch this show, and hopefully they like it and they share it with their friends. Also remember, all super chats twenty dollars and over. We we will interrupt the discussion. We will read those super chats right then and there. And then we will do our best to get back on topic. Perhaps you have thoughts on all of this stuff. Also, I saw um, chili cheese Frito beef jerky from Jack Link's, which was the greatest thing I've ever eaten in my entire life. I'm trying to put all of those words together yes. right now. Yeah. Chili cheese Frito beef, beef jerky. jerky. Yes. They also make... I'm they, going to vomit. They also <laughs> make... Uh, um, what? Are they, uh, so they make uh, uh, like... Flaming Hot Cheetos. They made Flaming Hot Cheeto beef jerky. Yeah, that's disgusting. That's I, I didn't gross. try the beef jerky. I didn't try the, the Flaming Hot Cheeto one. But the, the Chili Cheese Frito <sighs> one was really, really good. It was good. You're going to make me sick. I can't work <laughs> under these conditions. <laughs> You know, it's a, the yeah. best way to start the show. So, guys, remember all those things. Like the video, share the video, all that stuff. We got a bunch of stuff to get into today. Number one being a, a prophecy has been foretold that apparently the Super Bowl <laughs> is just the first step in many. In a repeat of 2020, everything's coming together. Yes. Trump versus Biden. The, the it's all happening. It's all and it's happening. all real. And, it's, and none of it is <laughs> definitely fake news. It's definitely not fake news, guys. So we're going to get into that. It's going to be a lot of fun to discuss that uh, we're also going to talk about this insane report uh, Chris Gore did a video for film threat the other day uh, breaking down Amazon's DEI policy we're gonna go through that specifically we're gonna go through the storytelling element of their new DEI policy which I promise you guys will get a laugh at it how absolutely absurd all of this is so we got that we're also going to talk about a comedian who went viral the other day a comedian named david lucas who uh he got in a little bit of trouble with the internet and with some people uh at his show because he made jokes about the death of george floyd and they were not happy with these jokes you can't make jokes anymore it was because he was getting heckled in the first place and i wish i knew what he was getting heckled for before that joke was made yeah um, but it seems like he's taking it pretty well. 
Yeah. Making yeah. fun of the people who were like, don't laugh at his jokes. It's not funny. It's not funny. I, I, I'm trying to think about like. I'm going to um, cry. <laughs> it's just one of those things where I feel like today, like maybe like maybe it's just a, a problem for the top level of comedians. But I feel like when you go see a comedian now, you have a general idea of what you're going to get. Yeah, I'm. I guess that this guy, because he's at a certain level where he's still making a name for himself, yeah. people would go to his show or they would go to a comedy club and not really know what he's about. Yeah, and it was good. Like I, I, I went through his Instagram and watched a bunch of his clips. It's, it's good stuff. But it's funny because like I think about it because I, I guess also like I'm not, I don't watch endless comedy specials. The com, the comedians that I know off the top of my heads are just the ones that are kind of at that higher level now not not like the not like the Chappelle's and stuff but like a, an Andrew Schultz is a, sure. a comedian that I think of uh, or a, a Jeff Dye or somebody like that there's a lot of them but in general like you when you when you know these people their personalities are very much attached to their humor so you know what you're gonna get mm -hmm. so we'll get into that we got a bunch of other stuff to talk about it's gonna be a lot of fun today again we're still a bit hungover from episode uh, 546 yesterday. Not literally. Uh, <laughs> we weren't drinking on stream. Hung over because it was, yeah. a, it, was a, it was a longer episode. So we got a bunch of stuff to get into. It's going to be a lot of fun. So hang out with us today, guys. We hope you're all, uh, all enjoying it. So if you're ready, Mary, we can just go ahead and get started. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go ahead and get started then, shall we? All right. First things first, uh, not only was the Super Bowl on Sunday, it was also in, in the Super Bowl did really, really well, which we'll get into later. Mm -hmm. It did What did not do well was the box office, which was the worst Super Bowl weekend in decades outside of COVID. Uh, I do like that they, they always have to bring up COVID because it's their cope. It's just not a stacked box office this month anyway. I mean, Madam no. Webb is obviously from a big studio, but it's going to flop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the numbers, the numbers bear that out. Argyle, unfortunately, as much love we had for Argyle, it's doing badly. Yep. Then there's also this Lisa Frankenstein movie. That was the new Diablo Cody movie. Yeah. Which she apparently said is in the same universe as Jennifer's body. Yeah, which... Universe... I don't know. Is there going to be a Jennifer body, Jennifer's body no. cinematic universe I, now? I, yes, if it's I, just if it's just endless clips of Megan. Fox. But there's no Megan Fox and yes. Lisa Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, and then there's going to be this lesbian road trip movie later this month called Drive Away. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. False. Doesn't excite me. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's just not, it's not going to be good for the box office this month, it so looks it like. The last time revenue was lower was several instances in the mid to late 80s. Okay. 80s. Yeah. Yep. Argyle uh, made 6.5 million. That's it. On a $200 million budget. Yikes. It's, it's not looking good for it Yikes. Well, um, there's, there's obviously not going to be a sequel. We already know that. Which is sad because I actually, we enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Um, but so bad box office, but it's not just that. If you guys remember about a month ago, we talked about how Disney hurting for content right now because of the, the strikes over the summer, they decided to re-release a bunch of these Pixar movies that they ended up putting straight to, I would say straight to DVD, but it's not straight to DVD. It's straight to Disney plus, which is, which even is worse. the same thing. Um, um, they're but, regurgitating yeah. all of these flops. 
from Pixar. So they put out uh, Turning Red. That, of course, is the the movie about you know periods. I guess the they would they would call it a coming of age movie. Okay, but look, this is a Pixar movie. The audience is supposed to be children, right? Yep. Children who haven't reached puberty. So how are they supposed to understand the metaphor about periods? Yep. And why would you need to teach children about something like that when that should be the role of their parents? Because it's not actually for kids. It's for middle-aged women with no kids to watch. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. They're admitting it. They're saying the quiet part out loud. But it made about $343 per screen. Now, this is, uh, of course, uh, John Nolte, who we, we love John Nolte here. He's hilarious. He's always calling Disney the Disney grooming syndicate. And this is what he says. He says, listen, I understand that Turning Red has been available on Disney Plus for a few years now. No one expected it to gross $100 million or even $20 million, but only a little over half a million dollars in 1,563 theaters? Holy moly, that sucks. Disney sucks. I, I love his writing. This is just his diary. Yes. I feel like he treats his articles as yeah. his diary to let out all of his frustrations with yes, Disney. Yes, uh, and Andrina, yes, you could call Turning Red a period piece. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> Drink every time Mary says she hates something. Uh, Andrew said a Pixar period movie. No, it's a period piece. That's what it is. Awful. Um, so I, I didn't expect it to do well. That's doing. That's on par. Look, it was in. So what's the next Disney one Plus. they're re-releasing? So what they did, Soul. Or? They're gonna re-release Luca. Luca, that's the next one. And then they already did Soul. And uh, onward. No. No. No, those three. Soul. Yeah. Those three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we'll have to wait and see how I don't that know, one people does. People liked Soul, but. Yes. Who cares? <laughs> the box office is bad right now. The one good thing that the 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 uh, Hollywood seems to have going for it: Deadpool three dethrones Spider Man No Way Home as the most viewed trailer within twenty four hours. Three hundred sixty five like, million. Yep, three hundred sixty five million views, which is a lot. It's a it's a lot of views. Uh, what did I, you think of the trailer? It was fine. Look, uh, I, I, there, there seemed to be a couple of discussions that came out of this trailer. One was, will this save the MCU? No. I, it's not I the MCU. Uh, yes, it is. He's is now it? being is folded. It? Yes, he's now, he's now, because they bought 20th Century Fox. So he's, he is now going okay. to be officially, but that's, that's why he references Disney in the movie. Um, okay. But no, okay. I don't believe that this will save the MCU. Just making, even, even if this movie is amazing, if Spider-Man No Way Home couldn't save the MCU after Endgame, then I don't believe this can. That doesn't mean it won't be a good movie, but they've had too many mediocre films lately. Now, I actually read a really good thread the other day of just a, a very passionate, diehard MCU fan who made his case for why he doesn't think the MCU is in all that bad a shape. Now, I don't agree with him on most parts, mainly because most of the points he was making didn't take into account inflation or the size of the budgets that are on these movies that in what they're making, right? So he's pointing out like what the box offices were for similar movies in previous uh, in previous phases of the MCU, not realizing that the the budgets on all of these movies have ballooned and inflation mm -hmm. has caused the the profit to just drop. It's also ignoring the fact that there was zero uh, desire to go see Captain, or I'm sorry, the Marvels. And his point being, he goes, I, I actually thought we would cover this at one point on the show, but it ended up just falling by the wayside, was that uh, the Marvels is getting like this whole resurgence on Disney Plus where people are saying like, I really wish I had gone and seen this in theaters. Those are but, bot accounts for but sure. And, and a good Employed part, by Disney. A lot of them could be bot accounts, but also it's one of those things where it's like, well, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Right? You like, didn't. And, and <laughs> you didn't spending, see it like, in theaters. A movie that's fun on a streaming service is not the same as a movie you're willing to pay 100 or 200 dollars 
to go see, right? Wait, why would they pay $100? Well, I'm saying if you go with a family, if, if sure, you and your family yeah. go, you're paying a couple hundred dollars to go see a movie. It's insane. I, I think when uh, when we were there last time, me and one other person, like food was like $63. Just so, food. Just food. So with tickets, and that's two people. So if you got a family, right? Yeah. Was the Marvel's $200 worth of food and tickets good? No, I don't think it was. And it just it ignores the general lethargy that's around the brand right now when we ask normal people when was the last time that you went to the movie theater it's usually years yes sometimes over a decade yep we're an anomaly obviously and our movie tickets are a company expense but i definitely wouldn't be going to see the marvels of my own accord so that's one argument the other argument that the other discussion that seems to be happening online is they're pissed because people like the humor when deadpool does it but they don't like it when she hulk does it yeah, and that then, turned into a whole yeah. thing, a whole row yep. on Twitter that I read through. And they're basically saying that it's, you She know, breaks the fourth wall. He, she makes sexual jokes too, it's blah, sexist. blah, blah. It's a yes. sexist double standard. They're also saying that, uh, you know, her character was equally, like, sexualized. Yes. As uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. But it's seen as a, something crass when it's a female character. I didn't think they needed to wait to to show Wolverine till the end I, I, with a movie with the name like Deadpool and Wolverine. Like I didn't think they True. needed to do that. They didn't um, even show his face, did they? No, no. So it's uh, it's still gonna it'll be it'll be fun to go watch. I'm sure it'll be fun. I do tend to think that the mo that both of the Deadpool movies, though I like the first one way more like I've seen the first one way more than I've seen the second one the humor generally lands for me but I found the second one it didn't have any rewatch like it didn't have any replay value I me. have an irrational distaste for Ryan Reynolds really I don't know why you should get a mint mobile maybe it's just my contrarian nature You're coming like, out like, like him, people I like don't. Ryan Reynolds I hate him did you ever see Van Wilder no Van Wilder's like his like if you want to know what the basis was for every performance he ever gave it's based off his Van Wilder character. Which well, doesn't is, that just mean he's not creative? That's good work if you can it get it. It just means that he plays Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. It did show up. Uh, it's funny because it did show up. Um, I watched, I rewatched Hobbs and Shaw like two weeks ago. And I, I for some reason, I just memory hold this whole movie because I had a lot of fun with it. And Ryan Reynolds is in it. And for some reason, I thought he was in it for like a cameo of like 10 seconds. He's got like six minutes for the screen time. It's still a cameo, but he really does just kind of play mm -hmm. Ryan Reynolds in, in everything. It like does, doesn't bother me. I don't for him, like it him. doesn't bother me. What if he had played Ken? That would have Do you worked. think that was on the drawing board at one yes, point? Yes, I do. I absolutely believe that for that sure. would have been on the drawing right. board. He's him and, him and Gosling got to be about the same age, right? About yeah, like uh, in the forty in their forties. But for some reason, he just yeah. irks me. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think it works more for Gosling because he's not an inherently funny actor. So yeah. playing the comedic role, like, not sure. what I'm saying. He can't do comedy. I'm saying that you know you're gonna look at him and you're gonna think of other movies. Like you're gonna think of a Blade Runner, any movie that he's done mm -hmm. that you like of his, where he's playing a more serious role. I mean, he's obviously a better actor. Yeah. Right. So you agree with me on that, at least. So like Ryan Reynolds doing his version of Ken, which would have just been Van Wilder. Ken yeah. probably wouldn't have hit the same way. They could have very easily done it with him as like a cameo, though. It would have been interesting to have him and Blake Lively do Ken and uh, Barbie cameos. That was a missed opportunity. Yeah. But they were like, we can't have two tall, hot blondes in the Barbie movie. That would Who be are actually in love too much. Who are actually in love. Yeah. No. Yeah.
So, uh, well, I mean, you can't have Margot Robbie and Blake Lively both in the Barbie movie. Again, I saw more pictures of Margot Robbie from like the, it was like something really unimportant, like the Oscars luncheon. And every time I look at her and she's just smoking hot and I'm like, this is not mid. Stop calling this lady mid. They don't dress her well, though. They don't do her a lot of favors. You know what it is? You know what it is? What it is, they feel bad for everybody else. They're like, we got to tone down her hotness. We have to make her, her frumpy. <laughs> we we got to tone down her hotness. Yeah. Her legs are too long. She's too good looking. We're going to have to tone her down. Yeah, I yep. think that's true. Yep. All right, guys. So we got a couple of Amazon things on the on the docket today. Number one being that there is a lawsuit coming down, a class action lawsuit against Amazon. If you don't know recently, basically, if you have Amazon Prime, and I'm sure a lot of you do, you don't really have it for actual Amazon Prime, the video service. You have it so that you can get two-day free shipping on stuff you don't need. That's what I have But before. they rope you into the streaming service at the same and, time. And what they did was they they had the, the streaming service got its ad tier added to it, and it's at the price of what it was before. So yeah. basically, what you were paying for before... Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease getting you uh, Amazon Prime free delivery, as well as, I guess you can also get Amazon Music and all that stuff. Again, I don't know anyone that actually uses right. Amazon Music. But you got uh, ad-free Amazon Prime video. Now, you opened up Amazon Prime a couple of days ago and it said, like, do you want to still be ad-free? You got to pay three more dollars. The problem was, what about all the people who pay for their like for their Amazon Prime a year in advance. You can buy a year mm -hmm. supply, an annual subscription, not monthly. Well, that's what's causing the problems here. They're suing because they're like, look, I paid for 12 months of no ad Amazon Prime and I'm getting ads now. Right, That's exactly. BS. It's a joke how bad Amazon Prime Video is as a streaming service. The actual I mean, IU is awful. It's terrible just in that yeah. regard, but also if you filter for free content, yeah. if you just search for what's free, they show you stuff that you have to get a free trial for. Yes. Which also means, obviously, at least they put it. With you the, forget to cancel it before the fourteen it, days runs out. At least they put the little yellow um, thing that says like buy or rent down there. One of the other things for a while, there was a point of time. Now maybe I'm just misremembering this, but like all of the Prime video, the things that are on Prime have like a little Prime yeah. logo up in the corner. There was a time where they like removed that, so I would be like, oh. just to trick you. Yeah, I was. Like, oh, that's <laughs> awesome. So now look, they're like they do have freebie and stuff on there, so it's like free with ads, but you then have to look for the thing that mm -hmm. says free. With ads they're one of the streaming services right now that has leaned into their license they're getting more content licensed back to them again they're bringing back shows that were gone for a while because people actually want to watch stuff that uh, isn't Amazon Prime content because mm -hmm. you can only watch uh, Reacher a couple of times and or if you're a you're a weirdo you watch the rings of power or the wheel of time or something like that wasn't Citadel Citadel their spy yep. series yep. Yep. yeah and it was bad and it was really, really bad. So this lawsuit, uh, it says over a hundred. It says the de this was the default for over a hundred million subscribers, and they filed this on Friday in a California federal court. They're claiming breach of contract and violations of state consumer protection laws on behalf of users who saw the terms of their subscriptions with Amazon change when it pivoted to making its ad tier the default. Mm -hmm. Every and time 
I see a class action lawsuit, I just think of the tweet that's like, how are you going to file a class action lawsuit? You got no class, you get no action, and you don't even own a suit. I love it. So we'll, we'll but, have to wait and see. They're justified. They yep. definitely were scammed by Amazon, but that's, you know, kind of comes with the territory. All right, guys. Uh, so if you guys don't know, there's a, a big, big movie coming out tomorrow, actually. We're going to see it. Madam Web is about to make its debut, and it is not. It is not looking good. It is debuted with a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. I believe that is now dropped to 22, or at least it was the last time I looked. Yeah, 20. Some of these reviews are very scathing. Uh, so, so here's the question. I put up a poll, ladies and gentlemen, today. I said, will Madam Web be bad, awful, so bad that it's good, or it's Morbin time? Right now, awful is winning. With 30, they're not even in the mood to be sarcastic today. It's not even so bad it's good where it could make a, a meme like Morbius. Yes. But this one review said... Madam Web and the Marvels are the dumb and dumber of female Marvel comic superhero movies. After the triumphs of Black Widow and Wakanda Forever, it's a travesty that Madam Web is a low point in wannabe feminist superhero films. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is I, I was like, look, we're not gonna, I, I'm not really like looking, there's not gonna be a whole lot to watch for this movie for. I'm willing to be entertained if it's entertaining, but it's got a budget of $80 million, right? So that means with marketing, it's a budget of about $120 million if you use the formula that most people tend to use, you know, budget times 1.5, which means that with its opening weekend, which is projected to be 20 to $25 million, it's got a very long way to go before it gets to that 240 to 250 break-even mark before it can even start to see any profit. Yeah, not confirmed, but the meme is that Dakota Johnson got scammed into taking on this role yeah. because her agent told her that this was going to be putting her into the MCU which at this point in time is not even something she she would go for now mm -hmm. but back then she might have um, this was another review this is from someone named Chris Parker it says Madam Webb is an embarrassing mess talented actors wasted on probably the worst comic book movie I've ever seen filled with atrocious dialogue awkward editing and all around laughable structure <laughs> I sat through baff through baffled scene by scene uh, uh, baffled scene by scene someone approved but this there's no comma in there uh, the memes will redeem it I don't know if it's really all that no. memeable I did see somebody in the chat say it's madam time no. Uh, so okay. So in the chat, unknown says Brett will like it. So okay, I broke my rule. So normally I don't watch reviews before going to see a movie, but I don't have a whole ton of faith or hope for this movie, anyways. So I decided to watch Jeremy Johns's review of this. I, I believe that Jeremy Johns is one of the best movie critics today. He's very much in every man, and you know he's got a deep wealth of knowledge when it comes to film and gaming, but he's also, he's kind of no nonsense in how he portrays his reviews. And he said that the the main character, Dakota Johnson, the character of Webb is actually, she's kind of a bitch. And, uh, and she's a cat lady. And I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see if that's true, but. but. It's not just that guy. So when he says awkward editing, he's not lying. Oh, oh, first of all, let's see if I can find the. So I'm gonna show you guys the awkward editing that they're talking about here. Yeah. Right? I kind of showed this to Mary earlier and I was gonna see if she could catch it, but watch the cut on this scene and tell me if this fills you with a lot of hope for this film. Just that. <laughs> she's, she's going into this flipped car and then sees herself in the car. It's obviously a 
it's not her. There are two of her. There's two of her, right? And so that seems to be the... That seems to be the the consensus for this movie is just really bad editing, uh, and I just wonder. I, I kind of it kind of makes me laugh because I'm thinking of David Zaslav who keeps getting in trouble for just canceling perfectly good movies, and Sony's like, fuck it, <laughs> put it out there. Who cares? But Batgirl was supposedly worse than this. Yes. Um. So I laughed at that. That cut is just atrocious, and people were pointing that out. This is the first clip they put out. Yep, it says movie? first clip from Adam Webb. This was the one they chose? This is the one they chose. This is the See, best they've got. Here's here's the thing, though. I don't think it matters because at the end of the day, what really matters is Sydney Sweeney. She may not be the star of this movie, but my goodness. Uh, so this was posted. It says Sydney Sweeney and Dakota Johnson at the premiere of Madam Webb. Um, I laugh because all I can think about is how they keep saying that Hollywood needs to stop sexualizing women. And I'm looking at uh, Dakota Johnson's dress, and I'm like, Let's. it's literally see-through. Like, like it looks go. like she is just <laughs> naked, wearing chainmail. Yes. It's uh, yeah. Don't sexualize me. I'm here for it. Don't sexualize me. I'm here for it. Um, I, <laughs> don't I, objectify me, but I'm naked. I did see critical drinkers say they put Dakota Johnson next to the wrong actress, and I, I couldn't agree more. Is um, Sydney Sweeney gonna be selling more tickets for this movie yes. than its own star? Yes. At this point, yes. Hollywood what Handle they, what said they should uh, have done. there should have been no trailers. They should have just taken Sydney Sweeney in that dress and have her do a thing where she sits <laughs> in front of a camera and says, "Go watch this movie." Go watch this movie. And it just zooms. It's smash cut zooms. It's like MK Ultra. Yes. Mind control. And there's like, yeah. a, like a thing going around like this. Go see Madam. <laughs> and it kind of zooms in closer to her chest as it goes. And we'll and all just walk in zombified. Yes, exactly. The Hollywood Handle also posted a review calling it a clunky, poorly written, messy, sloppy movie packed with mediocre editing and performances. It had solid cinematography and an interesting concept, but couldn't be saved due to its terrible execution. I don't even think it was that great of a concept, though. Yeah, uh, and the other thing they point out is like she keeps not want so Webb doesn't she keeps not wanting to save the other girls, which I laugh. It's like uh, well, it's like the Marvels trope where she yeah. dislikes her own sidekicks. Yeah, but that's, I, I mean, mean do you think that the same response is going to happen? for Madam Web as it was for the Marvels where people are going to say if you disliked this movie you are sexist because yes. I feel like it's not going to be the same response the same level. due to the fact that the Marvels is an MCU movie yeah. it won't be the same uh, also Sydney Sweeney is kind of up in the air for most of them because they still don't like her because her parents were supposedly MAGA which wasn't even true it was just uh, a themed birthday party but make she 60 gets, great again <laughs> yeah she gets she gets labeled right there so you know we'll, we'll have to wait and see we will alas go see this movie and we will give our review you know I would like nothing more than to be wrong about this and have a lot of fun and it's not where I personally felt I would be spending my Valentine's Day at 8.50 on a Wednesday. It's so late. It's so late. No. <laughs> I, I don't want to go. Brett, don't make me go. I, 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 I have you, you. You bought the tickets. This is up to you. This it is, is my a, fault. You, you bought the tickets for this. It's so my fault. It's definitely not where I expected to be spending uh, like a Wednesday. at Because normally our movies are on Thursdays anyway, which is even worse because we're going to get in Thursday. And like we've got two more days of this <laughs> this week. Just kill me now. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, again, so here's an interesting question. To, so a lot of times, whenever critics hate a movie, a lot of people seem to jump to the defense of, well, if the critics hate it, then it must be good. 
That's right? not true. But now here, nobody's saying that. Nobody's making that assumption that just because the critics hate this one, the movie must be good. What they're saying is the movie is so bad, even the shill critics hate it. Even, I mean, what would they be shilling for? Right, because this isn't gonna draw the Disney shill. It doesn't critics. matter. I mean, it's still it's still mainstream. It's still big budget corporate. Well, critics usually don't like the superhero genre, right? They, okay, so they they love Spider Man. Uh, granted, a lot of people like. Uh, they love Miles the, Morales. The, the into the Spider Verse, and in No Way Home did really really <laughs> well, but uh, No Way Home still exists in the in the MCU timeline. Yeah. So it's going to be really, really funny. Uh, yes, we did We did mix up and not go and see Blood and Honey 2, which is what we should have done. When is that? Is it the same, the same release date? Yes. Damn it. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's on me. This is my bad. I take the blame. That, I mean, but the thing is, is like they probably didn't even have the Blood and Honey 2 tickets up on the site. I, I we, looked today and yeah. I still didn't see them. Yeah. So maybe it was oh, delayed. Oh, I mean, I maybe know. maybe that release is is not in America yet. Maybe that release date we saw wasn't for America. Okay. Possible. Well, maybe we can still review it. I'll we'll check again. All right, guys. So, you know, just uh, keep an eye out. We'll have to wait and see uh, how this movie actually does. Is it going to make its budget back? No, I, I don't think. Eh. No, I don't think it will. We'll no. have to wait and see. No. Is it like so the the mark to hit would be two hundred and forty million dollars if it wants to get somewhere near breaking even. I don't know if Sydney Sweeney's titties are good enough to sell this movie. She's so. barely even in the trailer. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. All right, guys, let's move on then, shall we? Or let's just look at this one more time. No, I'm just <laughs> Okay. All right. So Mary wanted to uh to talk about Lana. Because okay. she got Lana got literally trampled. She keeps getting trampled. Lana got metaphorically and yeah, figuratively and literally trampled at the Super Bowl. And I didn't see this until last night. There is a high def video of Lana after the Chiefs won getting like pummeled to the ground with people jumping up and down and Taylor Swift ignoring it. And I thought at first that she might have broken her arm because it was like misreported that she was mm. coming out with a cast on her arm. But she appears to be alive and well after the fact. But look at that video. Let's look at the clip. No, you can history, see her on the left. Legacy, and there's more um, they want to achieve. On the left of Ice Spice. No history. They know legacy, and there's more they want to achieve. You could hear that. This guy just totally no body history. checked her. Legacy, and there's. <laughs> oh, Andy's. Look at this. He, I don't know if you guys can see this. Uh, it's it's going to be hard to see because you can't see it on this shot. He's wearing a, he's out of the frame. He's wearing an old uh, Cleveland Indians hat with the, the with the Chief Wahoo logo that's considered oh, he's, he's also wearing a fake QG jacket. You can hear that. In the, no he's literally history. stomping on her and body checking her, but you can't see achieve. from this angle. So this broke her arm. Well, no, no, it didn't. That's the fake news. Okay, so her arm didn't She did not. <laughs> she did not walk out with a broken so arm. You, you said that the photo of her in a cast is an old photo. Yeah, that okay. was from a couple of years ago. But I think that everyone in that box was virulently envious of Lana Del Rey, yep. who is the real tortured poet. Um, she is not flying around like a villain in a private jet all the time. She's criminally underrated for the amount that she has inspired all of these female artists. There's also this insane picture of Ice Spice giving her an extreme look of contempt. I think she's looking at what's on her phone. I it's just she's taking a video, though. Yeah. Like, I, I see the death stare. She's not happy. She's giving her the evil eye. 
Uh, and, and the thing is, is that Ice Spice was kind of, uh, they made a big deal about her at the show. Again, more kind of um, religious panic, I guess. Uh, well, yeah, she was like throwing up the devil horns when, yes. the, when the camera was on her and holding up this upside down cross that she was wearing. Uh, I guess that was proof that she is... Yep being MK Ultra in Hollywood. Well, that doesn't seem to be the case because the pendant was actually given to her by Playboy Cardi. It says, the rapper has been seen a lot on Sunday's broadcast of the game with a good amount of folks. Notice the chain and necklace she was wearing in the suite with Taylor, with Taylor Swift with an upside down cross. Of course, that got some pearl clutchers uh, <laughs> up in arms with accusations of devil worship and demonic symbols being shown on TV in front of millions. A hand gesture she made at one point, Quiet Coyote uh, certainly didn't help either with the unholy accusations so they actually kind of both simultaneously admit that she did something that would warrant those accusations while saying that the accusations are stupid and i do believe that the accusation accusations are a bit over the top but this is tmz being a little bit cheeky more it's so some than of I feel both. Like they, yeah i so think she says, was trying to be provocative it says whelp as it turns out by the way never say whelp it's lame it's one of your pet peeves yes. when people say whelp. Well, welcome. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Don't say whelp. It's stupid. Uh, there's nothing ungodly about this pendant at all. At least that's what we're being told anyways. Sources with direct knowledge tell TMZ that the piece was designed by celebrity jeweler Alex Moss, and it's just a sweet piece of ice with no devil ties behind it whatsoever. We're told the pendant is made from black gold, a new material that's been developed in which Alex is using at the forthcoming collection. So I have a question for you. Even if he has no demonic intent behind it, does the symbol on its own exist in a manner that would allow it to be that even if he didn't mean anything by it well the history of the upside down cross is that it's actually saint peter's cross because he was crucified upside down um but anyone who's wearing the upside down cross in yep. pop culture probably is totally ignorant of that yep. and is trying to be provocative as i said and for a lot of people this is the first time they even heard of who ice spice was yeah because she you know got taken under the wing of taylor swift and is still like she skipped like five levels of fame and seems to be a total what industry this, plant so what would be the next level of fame that she should have gotten to on the way up to where she is now i mean you go from like you know being a tiktoker or like a streamer not everybody starts there maybe you know go, going viral on social media not everybody starts there you though. might get invited to some events you know there are tears to it yeah but she's just here being paraded around as one of taylor swift's barbie friends <laughs> as candace owens put it she was collected into her collection of barbie friends yeah. when she had to save face for her boyfriend at the time maddie healy he made racist comments about ice spice so she had to like cover for him by making friends with her um, and bringing her on stage at one of her concerts. But everyone mainly was like, who is this Ronald McDonald looking ass? The worst part about, I feel like, the worst part of the celebrity status when you're at that level is like everything's transactional and fake. Like nothing's I mean, real. there's PR relationships yeah. and there's PR friendships. I yeah. bet PR friendships are even more common. Um, Shaniqua posting delusions on X said, Ice Spice is Taylor's diversity friend. Having a white-only entourage is not socially acceptable, even for Swift, so she found a Down Syndrome black friend to meet the diversity requirements. That was very rude. That was very rude. Very mean. Very rude. 
Very mean. So, uh, oh, people also called out Alyssa Milano. Yeah, yeah. Because she bought Super Bowl (laughs) tickets, which are they're in the you know five figure range for sure. Yet she had the audacity to post a GoFundMe link for her son's baseball. Yeah. So, so the thing that I thought was weird is like these weren't even that far apart. Like, no, it was was literally less than a month. This isn't something that people dragged up from six months ago. And there was a TikTok of, uh, you know, someone going around at the Super Bowl asking people how much their tickets cost. Yeah. They're all upwards of 10000 Yeah. Just for commercial seating. So it says, uh, my good friend Alyssa Milano could afford Super Bowl tickets, which cost an average of $10,000 each, but needed much poorer people on Twitter to pay for her son's team's Cooperstown, New York, Little League trip. Yeah. Tony Danza would never. Do you think that the coach of his baseball team asked her Probably. to do that oh maybe yeah. <laughs> i mean maybe he did that so in like, she was put up to it she couldn't like, say no maybe he did the thing where he like did that hoping that she would then offer to just cover it He's like yeah we're really struggling to put together a budget maybe for this. you could uh maybe you could um you know post a, a post? Go, post a post for the gofundme yeah that'd be great i don't know if there's an update if she actually met her goal but yeah, we can guess she, she should did. just cover it herself. It just no, she like she the, used the GoFundMe to- donations for her Super Bowl tickets. <laughs> that's the real version. And the then real screwed Super over the story. Little League team. That is the real super villain version of the story. Maybe what it is. She is looks like a super villain. The, look at her face. She looks insane. I I still think you she, said she looks like a crazy ant type of hot. Yeah. Yeah, she is a psycho like, ant. She she just you, you know you know the SSRIs She's are the hitting psycho real wine good. ant. The C- the SSRIs and wine are hitting real good, but you take care of yourself. I'm here for it. She does Pilates, but she's on Prozac. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, 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 or the better story here is that like the coach keeps like pulling her son and doesn't let him play, so she keeps the money so that they can go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And of course, it would be more poetic if it was for the World Series and not the Super True. Bowl. True. That would have been better. But her her son cares more about football secretly. Seems to be. Okay. All right, guys. Yeah, I just thought it was funny because this was a story where, again, not even not even a month ago that this happened. Literally, it was like two weeks two ago. Two weeks ago. So, all right. What would you like to see? Cringe or cute of the day? Uh... Let's see cute first, because okay. I don't know what the cringe is. Oh, no, I, I showed it. I, I at least gave you the, the oh, heads my. up uh, ahead of time. But let's... Well, let, <laughs> well, well, okay, we'll just do cringe first. Okay. So this is the cringe of the day. I, I saw this. It says, someone should tell this weirdo that dogs don't use forks. He's probably right. <laughs> first of all, you know, as bad as this may be, that is that French toast doesn't actually look totally done. Like it doesn't look. It looks like well. just bread. Yeah, <laughs> the the French toast is the is the even more blasphemous part. <laughs> oh, they still have the plexiglass out. <laughs> Ew! How do you eat with that mask on? Where do you find this shit? You know, you're being bigoted right now. Thanks, I hate it. You're being bigoted right now. See, and then you say people should do whatever they want as long as it's not hurting anybody. Yep. This is hurting me. (laughs) This is hurting me personally. No, but my my logic is that that doesn't mean that you're not going to get laughed at or made fun of. You know, live up to the consequences. I'm I'm just saying this violated my (laughs) non-aggression principle. 
Well, I will. Uh, this I, harmed me. I will. I will pay the price for that. I apologize for making you watch that. Let's show some cute of the day as well, then. Okay. Uh, this is from Gracie the Hot. A dog. real dog. A real dog. Not a weird fetishist wearing a dog mask. Correct. This is a real cute dog. Exactly. And my heart is recovering. Yep. From uh, what we just and this witnessed. dog isn't pretending to, to hold that holding a fork is normal for a dog. Which He's I standing like. like a T Rex. Yep, I like it. Let's <laughs> do one more here. This is from uh, Devin. Says, "What about Ryder? He's a beautiful boy." You have oh, some nice pictures. Yep, high quality. Damn, majestic. Looking good. All right. Let's go ahead and get started then, shall we? Um, why don't you tell us about the, the great Super Bowl yeah. end of the world conspiracy? <laughs> well, we'll get there. We'll, we will. So basically, the Super Bowl ratings were extremely high. I believe there were 124 million people watching. This is the most watched broadcast in U.S. history since the moon landing, which was also fake and rigged. But we won't get into that right now. Some people are theorizing that the Super Bowl is predicting the next global catastrophe at the level of a second pandemic, possibly the what? next global shutdown. What? And it's just see? like Dark Brandon drew it up. It is. He posted that. And honestly, I was kind of secondhand embarrassed at the people quote tweeting that post being like there it's right in front of our faces They're saying the quiet part <laughs> it's loud. like okay like slow your roll i know that biden isn't funny enough to come up with it but one of his interns might be it was not bad like it was fine taking the dark brandon meme and actually owning it and like making jokes about it it's a good move it makes me laugh but like, he, I, I posted but i was like literally like you guys have to at least give them credit every once yeah. in a while when they get it right every once in a while you're not being fair if you're not willing to acknowledge when they actually do make a meme that's actually funny yeah. which is once every five to seven years so they leaned into the theories that the the super bowl was a psyop to rig the election in biden's favor who knows if that's actually going to pan out. But <laughs> there are new theories that on a bunch of different metrics, 2020 exactly mirrors yep. the events of 2024. And that might mean not only will Biden get reelected, mm. but we will also have another global catastrophe on the level of COVID-19. Well, here's the short list, the shorter list. Yes. Uh, it's a leap year. <laughs> yes. Chiefs, win, Chiefs win against the 49ers. Biden versus Trump. Taylor drops a new album. This is really just the illusion of choice, though. Yep. It's the world we live in now. All of our pop cultural and political events kind of just regurgitate in a cycle year by year. Here's but the I more realize long-winded one. Every election cycle is, every general election is in a leap year. Yeah. I was today years old when I actually made that connection. Yep. As was Brett, apparently. Yep. <laughs> so Never that's not as you know, meaningful as the fact that, um, you know, it was the same Super Bowl, same running opponents. Yep. Uh, and Lamar Jackson wins MVP. Lamar Jackson is favorite to win MVP. Like there's, there's some yeah. dubious stuff here. There was some reaching, but um, yeah, there was like a lot of sports stats here. Um, Chiefs are the home team in the Super Bowl again. I mean, I think the more interesting part of this is just like people these days, especially the internet, seems really prone to seeing patterns everywhere. It's uh, we mentioned the movie The Number Twenty Three the other day, and how like once you start seeing uh, you know, it's like the I forget the term for it. it's not hypergraphy. I think that's uh, like. 
That's for... writing. Um, but it's but the point is, is, is they see they start to see it everywhere, right? Just like with Taylor Swift in the number thirteen, you start to see it everywhere. So the problem is, is we're all kind of uh, uh, jacked into the matrix per se, and we're all seeing constant news updates and we're constantly being assaulted with propaganda from both sides. And it makes you a little bit paranoid. And I'm sure a lot of people aren't excited about the idea of something coming up to interfere in the, uh, in the, uh, election process again, or theoretically interfere in the election process, which obviously is a very, very bold and ridiculous claim to make. And I don't think that that's what's going to happen, but it speaks to the consciousness of the public right now. Mm -hmm. Also, it says uh, Billie Eilish won Song of the Year in 2020. Yep. Same thing happened this year. Um, also... What it really means is that people that are good at their jobs stay good at their jobs and consistency uh, is king. Yeah, th like, there's always there's always an explanation. You know, what the, you know what it tells me? It says that the best NFL teams don't have a lot of injuries and stay in the top brackets as they make it to the to the playoffs. That's what it tells stop me. Stop making sense. Yeah. Stop, <laughs> stop trying yeah. to put a damper on our conspiracies. And that Billie Eilish is, uh, is a favorite among Hollywood elites, so she wins Song of the Year multiple years. But yeah, the Chiefs beat the 40... 49ers in the Super Bowl. The world was shut down by the COVID pandemic a month later. Once again, the Chiefs have beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl. The world will be shut down by blank a month later. It could be a pandemic. It could be World War III. It could be the singularity. It better no. It, it has could to be, be an instant heat. It death. has to be. <laughs> uh, it has to be a pandemic, or you're just, or you're just making up connections. Uh, yeah, I mean, there have been predictions of a second pandemic as if the COVID lockdowns were just a compliance test on the yes. public to see if uh, we could implement it again. Yeah. We being the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, the Illuminati, Bohemian Grove, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. Um, but what do you think of the, the Super Bowl earning the most viewers uh, since the moon landing, it's uh, it, it. They were calling it the Taylor Swift effect. I guess it's that. Do you like, think you can give her credit for that? I think she plays a role in it. Yeah, I do. I, I think that the increase in female viewership would would bear that out, right? Uh, somebody corrected us one time, said that the the audience for the NFL is pretty evenly split amongst men and women. Or at least that's, but what, that was, that's what it said that beforehand. Was so now before have, Taylor have, Swift, they had basically gender parity. Yeah, so now you have this whole untapped market of, of public interest going in to watch this game. I did love all of the, the return of the meme, like I'm just here for the commercials um, or the ones that are just like, I just hope both teams have fun. Um, but now you can't even do that anymore because you just have to support whatever Taylor Swift supports. But uh, I, I think that there's a, a, a strong precedent to think that she is worth her weight in gold as far as advertising goes. Uh, the numbers bear that out. What's funny is when I was looking at this, they said that um, so she had 58 total seconds of screen time. In the entire telecast? In the entire game. But if you think wow. about it, uh, a quick cut to someone is one to two seconds at most. And they so, do that 60 times. So 30, 40, you know, so then like what, 30, if it was two seconds, that's 30 times they cut 30 to her. 30 times. They cut to her in the game, you know, she should start charging them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that she, 
might have been chugging beer like that. She was like shotgunning a oh, beer. Oh, yes. What was, your, what was your idea? My theory was that Taylor Swift was chugging a beer to dispel pregnancy rumors because we've been seeing that a lot. Like, look at her tour schedule. She has maternity leave built in in October. Um, Turns she, out she's pregnant, too. I really hope that she's not pregnant with alcohol- the amount that she it was It was non-alcoholic drinking. beer. Mary. Oh, sure. It was, not, it, it was apple juice. It was apple juice. It That's was, what it was fizzy apple juice. It was sparkling apple juice for yep. sure. Um, but that's my theory. That's my pet theory. Yeah. And um, I did see people reposting that saying, she's such a bad influence for young girls. Can't win these days. Like, at least she's acting like an adult, finally. Yeah. <laughs> Going out and, and having fun. With, and, and, of course, Lana gets screwed in all of this, too, as we saw. She's literally the Gretchen Wieners to her Regina George. Yeah. It's yeah. sickening. Hundred. It was 123.4 million people watched the game. So that's across platforms, yes. right? That's not just people watching on Paramount+. Plus. So it says 112 million of those viewers tuned in live to the CBS broadcast, so the actual network television yeah. broadcast of it. The largest ever for a single network. The rest were measured across Paramount+, Plus, Nickelodeon, Univision. That's what I watched it on. The, the Spanish, the Spanish. The Spanish-speaking <laughs> network. Um, CBS Sports and NFL digital properties, including NFL Plus per cap uh, per Paramount Global. Paramount Plus saw record-breaking viewership that made Sunday the most streamed Super Bowl ever. Uh, but exact data regarding streaming figures is not entirely available. So it says, before this, the biggest telecast of all time was last year's Super Bowl game between the Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. It was initially named the third most watched, ranking behind the 2015 and 2017 Super Bowls, which brought in 114 million and 113 million point seven viewers, respectively. But Nielsen later caught errors in their measurements that raised the tally from 113 to a record-breaking 115 million. Well, that seems like an executive who had a bonus coming to him, maybe made some money change hands to to find the errors in their in their measurements do you think that it makes sense for usher to be the halftime performance yes yeah they're they're they love the millennial pandering they see it like very special to millennials when 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 lil when lil john comes out on stage and sings yeah then yeah i I think that that's pandering (laughs) to millennials with the what did you think of the roller skating <laughs> it's set, it set back your subculture know, by at least it. a decade. Talk about it. Uh, but wasn't like, there one of the roller skaters that like just launched herself off the stage? I, I, I saw, looked I like that, she died. Uh, I also saw that like the the lady playing guitar because it's a, they they don't actually play live; it's all pre-recorded. It was um, a her. Of, yeah, it, it wasn't lining up. Playing a guitar yeah. in the most obviously fake yeah. way. Uh, well, well, she she obviously did the recording prior. They're saying, but like she just wasn't. On Is it it. obvious though? Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that they they love to pander to the to the millennials, and I'm surprised they didn't get. Justin Bieber out there. But as for the prophecy, do you believe that I don't think a global catastrophe is well, okay, for, first we incoming? Have to Would this prediction be considered true if it was something other than another pandemic? Something that's going that's to make for, it... That is what fortune tellers rely on to get you to believe things. You just you get mildly close and then you <laughs> accept it as fact. Well, the, the conspiratorial nature of the lockdowns was this is going to make it harder for people to come out and vote. And it's going to make people use mail-in ballots, which are easier to defraud, right? So what's going to come next yeah. for the 2024 election that's going to make it harder for people to come out and vote for Trump? <sighs> They're going to say that Russia is going to attack. 
The sky is yeah. going to start falling. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be like the Chicken Little movie. Yes. Did you ever see Chicken nope. Little? I was just telling Kim to watch that because she's just yeah. obsessed that with makes chickens. Per- that makes perfect sense. Uh, I, I don't think that anything is going to, I don't think anything is going to come in the way of like a pandemic this time. I think it would be probably something more along the lines of like War. world events. But even that's not really realistic because where America sits in the global theater is just like, that's one of our assets is where we're actually physically located. So it'll be interesting to see. But no, I just think that there's a, I can't always tell if this is the algorithm or if this is just an actual uptick in interest. But what What's weird is like since the X Files in the '90s, never has conspiracy theories been never have conspiracy never before have conspiracy theories been more relevant but less fun. Yeah, they yeah. were like they were so much more fun back when it felt like the stakes were lower. Sure, aliens. Yeah, um, Area else? 51, chemtrails. Chem, yes, uh, uh. <laughs> any of that stuff. Like the moon landing. Even, obviously. even the government. Yeah, even the government conspiracies at that time, which do denote a certain level of like maliciousness or nefariousness from the government, felt separated from what yeah. we look at now. We're gonna get so many context notes on yes. this video. I, I can see it already. If you guys don't know, every time we ever mention. Um, uh, every time that we mention the Illuminati. the Illuminati, we get like a thing on the screen. The we Illuminati get the Wikipedia page for the Illuminati. And climate change. And Both climate change. Both of those get, get uh, like a Oh, and abortion. Does abortion? Yeah. Okay. There's also a Wikipedia page for abortion that pops up. But it, it's basically its own version of like a context note. Because you guys, YouTube assumes that you in the chat are too stupid yep. to do your own research on those topics. Yep. So they need to offer you the context yep. to to educate you. Um, but it's just so disheartening that every time someone brings up the lockdowns, there's always that one person or multiple people that say, I, I actually like have nostalgia for the lockdowns. Yeah. Like I, I miss it. Someone commented, I mean, quarantine was kind of nice, not gonna lie. And someone said, I can't lie, March and April was nice, but I was sick of it by May. That's because they were, they love the idea of not being in control, of not having to be in control of what's going on in the world. And not having a job. And not, <laughs> and not needing to. Yes. Right? And another person said the possible catastrophe is a solar flare that wipes out the internet for several months. Yep. We can only hope. Uh, yeah. We EMP. can only hope that. EMP. That that would happen. I think that would be a great reset for what would we our do human an, socialization what would we skills. Do? What would we do if an EMP put us out of, uh, put us out of work? Um, shit. I don't know. Just go into the just start hunting town, and gathering. Go into town and deliver our podcast live to the ether. We would just get tomatoes thrown yes. at us. We would be put in the gallows. We would. All uh, right, let's go to super chats. Andrew Jacob said, "Final score: Mary one, ugly unknown e girl zero. You leave Mindy Robinson alone. You're gonna start simping for her. <laughs> I can see it." Shane H. Wilder, happy Taco Fat Tuesday, Brett and Mary. Thank you. So and again, it's, it's I didn't Taco know it's, Tuesday and Fat Tuesday. I had no idea what, uh, what Fat Tuesday was until now. You learn every day. Jacob Paradis said, I know there are concerns about certain candles releasing toxins into the air. Narbar's candles are made from soy wax, and according to Healthline, soy wax is a safe alternative. Public Square, let's go. Let's go. Um, but what if, what if the soy candles it, like put soy in your body? It's not good. And they, they mess up your endocrine system. I don't think Jacob would do that to us. I don't would think you do Jacob, that to us? I don't us? think Jacob would do that to us. <laughs> uh, let's do one more. 
Shane H. Wilder said, yes, I yep. sent you the Mountain Dew code bread. <laughs> it's like a brown Bread can. flavored soda bread is flavored just, soda. isn't that just kombucha? I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's move on then, shall we? Mary, why don't you tell us what's yeah. going on with this DEI story at Amazon? Because it's even, it's almost more crazy than what, what happened at Disney. It's beyond parody. So Elon has been warring against Disney and exposing their DEI guidelines. And then he was like, hold my beer. Because now he's exposing Amazon's insane DEI rules. He posted this video from Chris Gore at Film Threat going over their DEI playbook. And it's this whole page publicly available on their website for their inclusion guidelines. The uh, introduction says, we all carry biases, conscious or unconscious, that can build barriers and create inequities in the workplace. The work of diversity, equity, and inclusion requires all of us to disrupt those biases and the longstanding customs and practices in the industry in order to achieve real lasting change. Thank you, ChatGPT. So actually, this is funny because Chris Gore said that a member of the Writers Guild who is friends with him reached out and said the woman who put together these rules actually has no experience in the film and entertainment industry. And she previously to this role at Amazon was an HR executive at Caterpillar mm. Trucks. The construction equipment What's company. What's really interesting is like uh, there is kind of like this weird overlap, right? Like when does somebody's job as an executive, like when does your specific knowledge of how a specific industry work? Because people will hop from industry to industry at the right. executive level. But if you're going to work in a creative industry, that's vastly different than what is required for working at a manufacturing company. You can go from an HR department at a manufacturing company and then go to an HR department at something like Amazon, but she's not an HR executive. She's a DEI executive now. Yeah. And that means she has authority over storytelling. And that's what's really interesting about this. It's not just it about hiring enough. camera crew. It's yeah. not just about casting directors. It would be or interesting enough if anything it, all like we that. were talking about was personnel, but now we're getting into the actual creative aspects of the job, which should never be less left up to committee, let alone singular executives with no experience working in that field. And this essentially means that it's mandatory for any creative executives overseeing projects at Amazon to report their demographics data to this DEI policy to make sure that it's compliant before they go to principal photography. So let's, this is going to be every original movie or TV show that comes out of Amazon Studios from this point of, forward. Um, let's go through some of these subcategories that they talk about here. So yeah, so they have based like, descriptions and stereotypes, gender, sexuality, romance, and humor. First, script-based descriptions and stereotypes. The way the characters are described in a script in a script can evoke stereotypes of casting directors, breakdown services, and even those reading for the part. Consider the following when describing characters. Is there a reason to specify a character's gender, race, ethnicity, LGBTQ plus identity, or disability in the script? Does source material specify a character's identity in any way? Are you deviating from that depiction? Why or why not? Um, are there places you should specify information about the character's background or identity to help with casting? Consider sharing this information only if it's needed to for the story. 
We are one paragraph in. Imagine being a creative mind having to work with the absolute lunacy that this is. The, yes. the handcuffs that it's placing. We're not. We're just through one subcategory with like five or six more to go. Imagine you're just trying to write a good story. I say all the time, just making good art is difficult. Now imagine that some HR busybody at the behest of a corporate entity is telling you this is what it needs to be if you're going to make your art with us yeah so you need to make sure that um you don't desexualize or over sexualize someone based on underrepresented by whose standards what the hell does that mean by By the standards standards? of jennifer salke yes basically is the answer are your descriptions of characters grounded in their appearance versus their personality are there descriptions of girls or women that lean toward their relationships or appearance rather than who they are are you writing about characters who are men in the same way? Are LGBT characters solely defined by sexual identities? Are people with disabilities infantilized and or desexualized? So just make sure if there's any character who's in a wheelchair, they have to be hypersexual so that you can go against the stereotype. So that, this is, this, that's part of it. Reading this whole thing, what they keep coming back to is stereotypes. Nothing in Hollywood <laughs> is allowed to just be what it actually is anymore. Everything has to be flipped on its head. Now, would you guess that gay men are overrepresented in the fashion industry? Would you guess that that's well, the case in the real this world? Is, this is the Ryan Long bit about how he never, how he never stereotypes. Where he goes up to the 80-year-old woman, he's like, are you a rapper? You look like a rapper. <laughs> like, he says, I never stereotype ever. I, I might get in trouble for saying this, but I think gay men might be overrepresented in the fashion industry. But if you portray that in your TV show at Amazon, you are going to get in trouble with their DEI executives because you are not supposed to depict gay characters in appearance-related professions like fashion and entertainment anymore. Let's go through the- You will get canceled. Let's go, I wanna talk about the stuff that that went viral in the tweet. Uh, that that was going viral for it says consider yes. the depiction of caregiving in romantic relationships and whether they fall along stereotypical or traditional lines, i.e. heteronormative women as uh, heteronormative women as subservient, men as protector or provider. For more information on the concept of benevolent sexism, read here. Rescue storylines or those focusing on chivalry can be particularly problematic. Well, we wouldn't want to have a hero saving the day because that would just be too stereotypical. Just throw all of the stories that Disney made its name on for the last century out the window. No, uh, no James Bond. No James Bond. That was my favorite example of all. No James Bond. No more Disney princesses. No more James Bond. None of that. It's all against the rules now i'm thinking of like i was like i just watched rewatched taken recently i love it because they never say kidnapped in the whole movie it's just they say they were taken but the point is the whole idea is that he is saving his daughter from from her kidnapping from being taken can't do that anymore he's rescuing her this is spicy are you describing women's personalities in ways that lead to assumptions about their sexuality for example are descriptions such as girl next door used for characters Be sure that your descriptions don't evoke stereotypes related to women of color. Avoid using the terms exotic, feisty, or sassy, other words stereotypically used to refer to underrepresented women. It's better to be specific. The lead is from Puerto um, Rico, loves to sing, and has a big group of friends. That? Nobody wants to read that! 
No, first of all, it's just more words. They sound like people who are writing like for a word count in a college essay. Yeah. It, there's nothing punchy about that. It doesn't grab anyone's attention. Also, the idea that you can say that you can't use feisty, but you systematically remove redheads from everything is bullshit. Also, just think of it like this. Uh, when you talk to the actors, what do they always talk about with their, with their stupid acting, uh, with their acting coaches? You have to be free and unencumbered. You have to be able to create your art with a, with a complete sense of freedom. Otherwise, it won't feel authentic. Now, why don't you apply that same logic to the writers? Why aren't the writers allowed to be free to make whatever they want? Allow them to be uninhibited. Yes, uninhibited. They love that word. And stereotypes on their own are not inherently bad. They are storytelling shorthand. Just because something isn't always something doesn't mean that it is not sometimes. You need to show LGBT parents as well, because between 2 million and 3.7 million U.S. children have one or more LGBTQ plus parent. Narratives that involve abuse, harassment or SA require deeper thought. When these topics are included in the storyline, handle them with sensitivity. Have survivors been consulted for their perspective and insights? You just have to flag down someone on the street. Hey, have you ever been Were assaulted? You, uh, did a guy ever assault you? Can Could you I please ask your uh, consult for free on this script that I'm writing to make sure that it's sensitive? I'm totally not also, a, an antisocial like, freak. Um, almost every show that I like from from Amazon just wouldn't like Terminalist wouldn't be allowed to be made. Reacher wouldn't be allowed to be made. None of this stuff. No good art has ever been created by committee. Art is the product, uh, especially at the storytelling level, is the product of a singular person's vision who entrusts dozens, if not hundreds of people to help systematically carry out that vision to project it to the world. It is a very, very difficult process at the best of times. When you handcuff them with bullshit like this, you have to wonder why is it even being made? I will tell you why, because this is what we get for the commercialization of art and for a lot of like we talk about the illusion of choice right mm -hmm. you really only have just a couple of choices now so it's the consequences of large corporations buying up all the properties eventually all of your bullshit committee made art will be made by amazon and apple and that's it how exciting isn't that great yeah it sounds like so that much fun fills we, me with hope and optimism it's for the, uh, future it's the worst part about it is like it's at, at its base level this is being done by like cry bully tattletales because that's what these people in the hr departments are they went and complained to the teacher a bunch so the people who are out there bringing their vision to life creating which is something that's unbelievably difficult to do again like people somebody asked us a question once they said like if you you know if you could write a story what would you be i was like i wouldn't be able to I would not have the talent to be able to do that, which is why I find it unbelievably disrespectful when you try to handcuff somebody and tell them they have to make their art a certain way. Yeah, I, I think that it's not even political. It's more psychological. And I recently saw a post that explained this deeper. All of this is just, it boils down to revenge of the nerds. Regardless of where someone stands on the political spectrum, there are people on the right that fit this description. There are people on the left that are like yeah. this. 
They felt like they were put upon. They probably didn't fit in when they were in school. They were part of like the theater club or they were, you know, they were nerds. And they don't believe They got stuffed in lockers. They don't want to forgive the people who were more powerful than them that abused their power. They instead will go into these position, positions of power in corporations and use that power to lash out at those they, they feel have victimized them. We should go through stereotypes and humor. Uh, oh, last. one more thing that was in this parenting uh, section that interested me was, uh, are men presented as inept when shown as parents or caregivers? Because we often talk about the stereotype of a stupid, bumbling dad yep. who is fat, out of shape. He doesn't, doesn't know what his kids are doesn't doing. Doesn't know what the his kids, kids are doing. Him. The kids don't respect him. His wife doesn't respect him, is not attracted to him. So theoretically they're telling you to combat that stereotype but you believe it might only work in relation to black father figures well, uh, in anything other than like I, here's the thing none of what they talk about here combating stereotypes ever addresses the fact that there are racial stereotypes around white people that they're just not willing to admit that they use but since they do not consider them historically marginalized or mm -hmm. underrepresented they're not afforded the same protection the supposed protections that these bullshit policies are supposed to enact Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, and let's go through stereotypes and humor because this is this is one of my biggest problems. There is nothing wrong with stereotypes in movies and entertainment. It's a matter of how well it's done on screen. The reason why it works is because it signals to someone that, yes, this does exist in the world. That doesn't mean everyone's like that. It's like how they always say, like, not all this group. Everyone knows that. You treat your audience like morons if you believe that people actually think that every time, and to believe that they don't do this to everyone is ridiculous. Well, stereotypical right? jokes are funny because stereotypes are true. Yes. Stereotypes exist because they're grounded in reality, and everyone is able to laugh at a stereotypical joke without believing that every single person in a yes. certain category there's a, fits reason, a certain description there's a reason why stereotypes about like like for instance i'll give you an example of one going the opposite direction they wouldn't just be like get out right the 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 idea of the the annoying white liberal in the suburbs right mm -hmm. it works and it works in that movie and stereotypes for everybody exist it's not it's a, a negative bad, stereotype but it's a true one so it works in the story it, it rings it rings as true which is what you need these things to do if you constantly have to subvert expectations you can only do that so many times before the trope is so worn the mod you know the creating for modern audiences trope i now like like i said whenever when i see a show like reacher and he's actually competent and good at his job and saves the day i was like you subverted my expectations by not supposedly subverting expectations yeah I think that white audiences are perfectly happy to laugh at themselves and mm -hmm. laugh at the negative stereotypes about white people and everybody else just needs to get off of their high horse yep. and get off of your ethno narcissism and be willing to laugh at your own group so this is what it says about stereotypes uh, stereotypes and humor it says we understand that the best comedy can derive from the unexpected and be an agent of truth-telling again why does it have to be that why does that matter? Is it funny? That's what matters. Nobody gives a crap about whether it's an agent of truth telling you, douche. Like, they just don't. Nobody goes to movies to see stuff like that. It says, we urge content creators. Oh, they're calling them content creators. They're probably not oh. going to like that very much. We urge content creators uh, focusing on comedy and humor or satire to engage with their material in deep ways. Ask the fundamental questions. Are you the right person to tell this story and or these jokes? Get 
fucked. Whoa. Seriously, get fucked. You have no right to tell anyone whether they're <laughs> the right person to tell this story. Well, here, here's the answer, though. If you're a black screenwriter, you are definitely the right person to tell jokes about white people. But if you dare do it the other way around, if you are a white screenwriter who is writing jokes about black people as a stereotypical group, then you will be blacklisted. You will be fired. So it says, begin by thinking about whether, uh, as the storyteller, your humor comes from the outside or inside the, the group at the center of the comedy. Don't is. punch down. Yeah, you never punch <laughs> down. Out-group members use humor to mock or joke about characters from underrepresented groups can be highly problematic. Mm. Humor may reflect insensitivity, play to broad stereotypes. First of all, you're acting as if the people watching this movie are going to know the demographic breakdown of the person who wrote this movie. Guess what? 90% of people don't. No, they don't. Nor do they care, nor should they care. Exactly. Uh, it goes on. Uh, let's see. Here uh, are a few things to yeah. consider when you include humor in your storytelling. If characters from underrepresented backgrounds and historically marginalized groups only appear in your story to deliver humorous lines as a source of amusement, this is problematic. Do these characters have other depth or insight, or do they merely serve to deliver comedy? The, okay, so go watch Not Another Teen Movie, and the character whose whole point is say, damn, shit. Like, it's <laughs> funny. Literally zero characters in Not Another Teen Movie have depth. And that All of those characters exist to deliver jokes. And that character actually does make a point where he says, I think you're going to lose this bet. But by losing this bet, you're going to discover something about yourself, which means that at the end, you'll ultimately... He makes like a really, yeah. really deep and meaningful statement and everybody just kind of laughs at it, right? You also noted there's nothing about fat people in this in this whole thing. Well, Reggie Ray, Reggie Ray was a big part of not another teen movie. And I just, I, I am anyway. surprised there's nothing about fat characters in this. They're gonna have to revise it. I'm gonna send them a sternly worded email. Review the script and stories with members of the community. No, who has the time to do, what if you just don't have the money to do all this, right? Like, are you gonna go build a coalition of people to do this with? Eventually you're gonna price out small creators because they don't have the time to meet all of these ridiculous requirements. I'll finish this, I apologize. So it says, uh, um, it's review, making you angry. <laughs> review the script and stories with members of the communities you are depicting to ensure authenticity and limit hurtful humor. Again, subjective. What is what you should do then? Here, let me allow you a way around it. Find ten people you know with good senses of humor and pull them. Right. Make sure, like, just do what all the, the pharmaceutical companies, cook the books, get the fix in so that you can make sure you're like, well, I, I uh, asked ten to twenty people about whether they like this or not, and just say yes. You like, pay, pay them off. Yes. Yeah. Seriously. Well, on to race and ethnicity, though. You cannot link black characters in your project to violence, either as perpetrators or victims or gang violence. You can't link them to drugs, addiction, or sexual promiscuity. You can't show them as a member of a family unit that doesn't center on broken home single parents or aspects of family life that foreground difficulty rather than joy uh you cannot present them in positions that are linked to entertaining others so they and can't they can't be uh, does that mean they can't be athletes either as every they cannot deal with hardships or difficulties that are linked to is their race every movie from amazon prime going to be an all white nba 
Um, you cannot s frame Hispanic or Latinx characters as foreigners. You cannot show them in relation to illegal activity, particularly illegal immigration. Um, you can't show them in multi-generational households. You cannot show them in Blue Beetle would have been bilingual family settings. Blue, Blue Beetle wouldn't have passed any of this. Can't show them in relation to violence. You can't show them as being sneaky, sly, or scheming. And they can't be overly sexualized. You know what all this is? Uh, it's like, uh, how long did it take for Americans to be able to just refer to, like, uh, do you remember the video from a couple years back where the, the woman was in tr like being yelled at at Walgreens and the lady called the cops on her and called, she said, there's a black woman here who's, who's causing problems. And she got really mad that she referred to it as black. A lot of people won't even say that. Like people who won't say Jews because they feel like it carries a derisive tone to it. All of these types of rules are written by the people who have no actual real world experience with people outside of their bubble, mm -hmm. right? They've never, like these people have never been to an event with anyone other than other white people. They're quite literally the people yes. who are not invited to the cookout. Yes. <laughs> I just. It, oh, you also cannot stereotype Asians as geeks who are interested in tech, math, or sciences. Um, you can't give them foreign accents. You can't portray Asian women as naive, vulnerable, or silenced. They can't be framed in a provocative light, and they also cannot be shown as dangerous, evil, or threatening to others. All of this, let's just finish it like this. All of this, everything you should, and this is just one section of like a six-section Thesis, uh, all of this covers not just storytelling, it covers casting, hiring, everything. Imagine trying to create something as complex, as difficult as good art, which we go to what, 10, 20, 30 movies a year, only a handful of them actually end up being good. Out of all the movies, all of the television shows that come out every single year, maybe a couple, a handful, get any type of real praise from the general public. Imagine trying to be the person who's saying, I'm gonna create the next this, I'm gonna create the next that, the next great movie, the next great television show, and then having this freaking manual dropped in front of you, and then having to somehow consult this. You wouldn't be able to write a paragraph without going to check and then reread the whole manual the whole way through. They're gonna need to write a DEI Bible. Everything eventually will have to be, they will have to write programs that will just allow chat GBT or AI to then proofread their shit and then fix what's wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's pretty much gotten to that point already. Uh, the next thing is they're going to have to open DEI churches where yes. you worship at the altar of DEI. You make sacrifices to DEI. Yeah. And um, this is, and if people were wanting to ask, like, what is this for? It says it's the DEIA diversity, equity and inclusion and accessibility guide on Amazon. Yeah. You can look at this yourself if you want to. It's, it's ccdeia.com. And the whole playbook is laid out right there for you. And you want, and they wonder. If you want to subtract from your faith in humanity a little bit today. And they wonder why everybody is so pessimistic when it comes to new stuff in Hollywood. Yeah. Let's go to the Super Chats. <laughs> Shane H. Wilder said, that reminds me, I've got a half a bag of chips I've got to eat today since I'm giving up all snacks and sweets. Well, that's you on go. your to-do list. I ate, uh, I ate um, salt and pepper chips the other day. You'd think they'd be just bland, but they were so good.
But yeah, I, I do like those. It kind of tasted like french fries. I mean, that's basically yeah. what it is. It's great. <laughs> Gordon Shumway said, I saw that Libs of TikTok posted that Rachel Dolezal has changed her name, is a teacher in Arizona, and has an OnlyFans. Is it bad that I'm not shocked? Humanity is doomed. Well, she also has a cameo. Um, but I don't know what's going on with her being a teacher. Damn, I might need to get you a... a How is a, she qualified to teach children? I might have to get you a Rachel Dolezal cameo for your birthday this year. Please, if, don't. If there was... if there was, Because I asked the other day, I said, who are the people that get cameo, that pay for cameos? Who is somebody you would, would actually like to get a cameo from? I guess George Santos. Okay. All I right. can't think of anybody else. I'll okay. have to look. T-Dog said, Brett, if this show started with you talking about film or TV, how are you not a film buff? I truly believe this woke crap will never go away. Disney won. Uh, I, look, when I think of the uh, of the the prototypical film buff, I think of like the person who has the who has the in the ridiculous collection that spans four walls. They've seen every movie they can quote every Kurosawa film line for line. That's what I think of when I think of the film buff. I'm not that. I'm passionate about the stuff that I like. Um, and I think that it's you don't have to be like an expert on all things cinema. You don't have to be like, oh, I love that movie because of Roger Deakins cinematography. You don't have to be that guy to see the problems in Hollywood right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, when like, I think of a film buff, I also think that they're into artsy stuff. And like, that's not. I think of Kino Corner. Yes, <laughs> I I don't like like Kino Corner would want to talk about the arty movies, art, like the artsy movies. I just want to talk about yeah. the popcorn garbage. That's the stuff <laughs> I like. If you can't even make the popcorn garbage right, what are we here for? True, true. Yurishima Otaru said, "For food and a ticket, it runs me thirty dollars when solo." Yeah, it's it's. it's That's just insane, even for one person. Let's uh, um, let's hold off on the rest, and we'll come back after the fact. All right, Mary, why don't you tell us yeah. what's going on with David Lucas? A comedian named David Lucas recently went viral because his audience staged a walkout at one of his comedy shows because he made jokes about George Floyd, and this was in the middle of him getting heckled by an audience member for previous jokes that were offensive. I couldn't find the context for what happened before this, but he just kept on digging and digging and making them angrier and angrier. And it got to a point where droves of people were yelling at him and, and dramatically exiting the comedy club, making a fool of themselves in the process. And he took it very well and looked good. I what's, think that this was a, a really good viral moment for him. What's funny about it is I just I just finally got around because I was traveling recently, which I only ever listen to like long form podcasts when I'm traveling. I finally got around to listening to Joe Rogan's interview with Taylor Sheridan mm -hmm. uh, because Joe Rogan is not just on Spotify anymore. Yeah. Like, yes. Right. And he, he got into uh, first of all, they were talking about how his movies get these crappy reviews. Right. And they get crappy reviews from the critics, but the fans love it. And mm -hmm. then they, they kind of related this to comedy and how comedy is kind of this last line of defense against the insanity that is the world today. And he was talking about how like literally the creation of his comedy club was because they just, they needed some place to do this where they weren't going to have to worry about, you know, the, the essentially these people, these hecklers having such a say over, you know, internet hecklers, maybe not crowd hecklers. They were talking about this and it was just really funny to hear like somebody like Taylor Sheridan be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. He's like, it sounds awesome. Like these, these very, very Hollywood people, 
-hmm. right? Which is really funny because they got into this further discussion about why communism never works. Um, really, really interesting. If you guys haven't listened to that interview, I, I recommend going and checking it out. They talk a lot about agriculture and farming. It's, it's really, really good. But they talk a lot about comedy. And this is a perfect example of why you need places that will actually allow the comedians to tell their jokes without feeling like they have to be silenced. But you will also now, have to be on a probably like hundreds of people long yeah. wait list in order to get just a few minutes at yeah. Joe Rogan's Comedy Club. But why we need comedy in general. But yeah, yes. it's a good point. Uh, and I think that people went into this club not knowing who David Lucas was, not knowing what to expect from him, mm. and they were unpleasantly surprised. So let's just play this clip yep. in its full glory. Oh, man, all these fucking good-ass white people at my show. <laughs> and you wanted to show them the reason George Floyd got his neck nailed on. <laughs> Don't ooh at that joke. It's just a joke, man. I would have never kneeled on George Floyd's neck. I would have shot that nigga. That was making us look. It's called comedy, nigga. How many more black fans I gotta hit that might leave? Oh, good shit, man. I got, I got. Cause nigga, I was just warming up with that George Floyd shit. You ready to go? All right, baby. Okay. <laughs> you took it. All right, too you far. offended too, baby, with the braids. Right. You offended too? God damn, man. Love that you can just see their silhouettes. Y'all good? Or y'all about to? I like Kyle Rittenhouse too. <laughs> I like Kyle Rittenhouse too. You too, bro? God damn, bro. Oh, but you fuck with me a little bit, right? Uh, see that in here. Damn, one more guy. Damn, man. That nigga don't even want to go, but his ride leaving. He don't even want to go. He like, man, I don't like George Floyd either, man. That nigga, that nigga had fitting up. God damn, you got to stoop low for a joke. I George Floyd like, would have Even if you're the most offended you've ever been, like as a point of pride, you should just not leave in the middle of a comedy show just to... to to save your own Rep, self yeah. from yeah. the embarrassment of being one of these babies yeah. throwing a tantrum. And I mean, he's getting all sorts of racial epithets thrown at him on social media by other black people, yeah. which is insane. Uh, a lot of these comments are saying, disgusting, as long as he had those white people laughing though, this dude should never touch a stage again. Uh, white folks are eating it up. Grand opening, grand closing. He clearly hates black people for not thinking that he's funny. So he learned to cater to pink people. That's what they're calling white people now. Oh. Pink. He hates himself too. That's why he's sitting up there looking like a two-ton bag of debris. About to bust out the trash bag he got on. Another said, uh, people like him deserve to never work again. Another said, checked his profile. His audience is mostly white. So yeah, he's one of those who be shucking and jiving for the mayonnaise folk. 
This is just insane. And it's really unfortunate because there's like a tradition of so many great black comedians like Richard Pryor. And there's obviously, you know, Dave Chappelle Chris and Chris Rock, Rock and yep. Bill Cosby, at least in his former glory. Um, and they never received such a response, yep. especially, you know, Dave Chappelle hasn't. I don't think I've seen any vitriol of this level at Dave Chappelle. Uh, I mean, there has been, but that's been more about the trends. That's about the, the trans trans stuff. stuff. That's yeah. safe, right? Yeah. Like that's safe content yeah. for now to make offensive jokes about. But yeah. if you bring up something that's racially charged, yep. this, this is the kind of response that you're going to get. And I could go on and on. The entire comment section is just thousands of these. I and just, it's really, it's kind of embarrassing for them because yeah. you're literally the person who is who is anti-fun you're against people yeah, having fun uh eddie murphy too and I mean, eddie all murphy of these, all yeah. of these comedians are people that had such like illustrious careers that didn't like like i think about it too and chris rock used like there was a lot of um comedy based around race in chris rock's stuff always has been never seemed to be a problem for for almost anyone like, even self-deprecating yeah. jokes about race yeah. uh he, i think i think a lot of people say he doesn't do a lot of those bits anymore uh or and stuff like that but like i think about it and i just wonder if i would ever if there's any a joke that I could be so offended by that I would leave a, a comedy club and I can't think of anything. Like maybe because you don't I'm, you don't want to be that person. Like, yeah, like like more than anything, my pride would keep yeah. me there, even if I was fuming. And I, I don't even know what it would be about. I don't know what somebody would say, especially if it's not something about me. I mean, if it's something right? that hits close to home, like I have no connection. Like, I feel like those are the types of joke jokes that you're supposed to laugh the hardest at, though. You could make a bunch of jokes about Croatian people and Polish people, and it would have zero connection with me, at all. I mean, I guess you could make jokes are... about uh, like like being an American that some people who are like very pro-America might find offensive. But even even then, I'm going to base it more on was it clever or not. Like I said, we looked at the Joe Biden meme yesterday and I was like, Look, I don't like Joe Biden, but it was funny. But if you made anti-America jokes, people who are pro-American in the audience would definitely yeah. never say you deserve to never work yes. again because they believe in free speech. Yeah. Also, it's it's kind of like when people say like you, you would never joke about 9-11. I'm like, they do all the time. And it's... Americans are more than happy to make 9-11 jokes. That's right. Never, that's that's safe. never been a problem. That's safe. Um, I mean, I've definitely heard some stand-up bits that I didn't find funny. Yeah. And that I found offensive, sure. But I would not make a fool of myself heckling someone over it. Would you? Uh, what, what were the things you found offensive? Um, I think, like, I think it was Dave Chappelle that made that joke about, um, like, what was it? He was, like, pro-abortion. Okay. What was the joke? I don't remember oh, the way he worded uh, it, but... It was that bit if that was wanna, relatively if you, recent. If, you, if you're allowed to kill your kid, I should at least be allowed to abandon it. Yeah, it was something like that. Like, I didn't find that funny. I found it pretty crass. And, like, I wouldn't laugh at it if I were in the audience. But I would not be one of these toddlers for, for example, screaming guys, and crying. Um, it took – because when, when me and Mary started working together, I, her her religious convictions were, were made known to me, obviously. So it took some time for me to be able to figure figure out what type of humor was uh, <laughs> would be – which she would find not, – not that you would be offended by, but, like – 
you know, <laughs> for the most part, there, I don't think I've ever sent you anything that you found particularly offensive. Did you ever offend me? I don't think I, think I, I made remember. A, I think I made a joke once about Hugh Hefner, um, like having sex after being fed like soup. I was like, good. I was like, good for him. And you're like, that's disgusting. Or something like that. I, I don't even remember um, that. But. but in general, I don't think you've I, I don't think I've ever sent you and I send you some pretty unhinged stuff as is most you can have convictions you can have strong convictions and not be a fragile person because the person who overreacts like the people in that crowd they're the ones with shaky foundations for their worldview who feel that attacked you know they feel vulnerable to jokes because they don't actually know what they think yeah they feel threatened because they haven't actually actually gone through a logical thought process to come to their conclusions it's all based on feelings and they need to feel outside validation for those beliefs or else the entire foundation comes crashing down it's all just a big jenga tower yeah. and if one person makes a joke at your expense your entire worldview crumbles yeah. that's why they're throwing a tantrum in the audience i mean i think i've said pl- I've, I've sent you plenty of like religious themed jokes and stuff like that yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever been sent anything from you that's like. Yeah, I like the the meme offensive. the other day of like Jesus touching kids' heads says duck duck leukemia. <laughs> <laughs> There's a twenty dollar like, one there from Bucky Ducky. It says no crisis party this far into the stream. Let me fix that. Let's go. H- hope y'all have a good time. I'm too busy to be here, but I'm here. Thank you, my Thank friend. You. Thank you, my friend. I didn't yeah. even notice that we hadn't had a. That's that's okay. Party, Look, we're but... gonna, you're gonna hear it. I, I I bumped the audio up on the sound. Yeah. And I and I made a little bit of a crescendo for the end. But you know, yesterday was a big day, and that's once that's Carter fine. sends over the the sound, it's Brett's to yes Frankenstein from there. Yeah, like I, I guess it's just one of those things. Like I'd make it as kind of a point of pride that like I'm I'm willing to entertain. <laughs> Donald Trump is. <laughs> gotta add the explosion. Yes, there's gotta have a crescendo at the end. Uh, but yeah, it's like Gal Gitter, uh, it's like uh, James Higgins says, there are no sacred, sacred cows in comedy. There shouldn't be. I mean, I'm not threatened by jokes about religion because I'm confident in what I believe, you know? Like, if I weren't confident in my beliefs, then I would feel deeply, deeply hurt by jokes like that. Yeah. So I just think that these are people without coherent views, and they feel like they need everyone around them to agree with them and validate them all the time. I agree. Um, But Phil said, I would have liked to hear more jokes and less footage of the offended people leaving, because I actually still don't have a sense for what this guy's humor is after watching those two minutes. Dude, I enjoyed his his Instagram, which is a lot of him catching fish. No, he just, Um, in every photo, it's him holding a fish. Yeah, amazing. (laughs) Dude, dude seems Um, awesome. There's a... I don't know. I just I think that humor should be that last bastion and you should kind of check yourself before you go to a comedy club. I like, mean, yeah, definitely. You should be you should go be willing to expect <laughs> like I kind of like that idea, right? That like comedy remains this wild west where you shouldn't feel safe going to a comedy club if you're an easily offended person. Right. You should feel worried that you're going to go there and hear something that goes against your better nature. Yeah. Um, this also reminded me of a clip of yeah. Troy Bond getting heckled that I found hilarious. You guys might have seen it before, 
but I wanted to show it yeah. again. I haven't seen this. Because this lady... This, this clip went viral. Like This lady in the crowd literally started crying because he made a joke about Trump. I give credit where credit is due. I'm probably the most pro-anti-Trump no. comic out there. That no, mother... You're not Shut the no. fuck up! No, shut the fuck up. As a white guy trying to talk to black people... I'm no, not... Bitch. No, you're not. Yes, I wasn't. No, you were. You just you tuned were in. You trying to. I, you were trying to for chair cam. What are you upset about? It's not me. <laughs> no, and shut up. Any black person ever try to laugh chair at his cam. fucking jokes? No. Stop having fun, motherfuckers. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, stop having fun. Can we get her an Adderall water or something? Wow. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. No, that's what happens. No, you're white listen, trying listen. to like talk about. No, and you have black by <laughs> I don't know who the fuck you're mad at, but it's not me. No, a white person trying to make fun of black people. See, now you're crying, and we, I was just trying to make you laugh. No, don't do that. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to make fun. I was trying to be no, empathetic. It wasn't funny. It was not. No. <laughs> I don't care. You trying to like laugh at that shit. That's How dare I at a comedy clip? <laughs> she came here for a TED Talk. Everybody knows you go to the basement for political opinion. <laughs> I don't even know what he's saying, but it's just this shit last sounds part tense. is the, the worst. You a bitch? No. <laughs> Why do you think I'm doing this for a living? You think I was a football player? I'm a bitch, goddamn it. <laughs> There's nothing you can say to me. I haven't said six inches from the mirror. Yep. You're the first name going in my suicide note tonight. <laughs> Have a good night, Kamala Harris. <laughs> she stops. Now's the time I need you on my side. No, no, that was the most racist joke ever. No, no. I, I got no. like four more in the chamber. No, no Kamala Harris. Wait, don't serious? drop the scarf, man. That was three dollars at Dollar Tree, man. No. <laughs> yeah, go pick up the gun she left under the chair. Are you serious? No, y'all want to laugh about I'm so horny for no reason right now. <laughs> Don't bully me, I'll come, bitch. Yeah. Well, that that just reminded me of it's David also, Lucas. It is bit. also so like unbelievably presumptuous to think that like like other people paid for the the time. And you're you're like taking up their experience by making it about you. She's kind of adding value to their ticket, yeah. though, because I would love to see a heckle like that. I yeah. would love to see a, a total and complete meltdown in person. Yeah. That and would course, have me laughing harder than any joke. He didn't even bother to point out that he is not white. Yeah, he didn't even pull the race card yeah. to d disprove what she was saying. He yes. is half black yep. and has made jokes about that, but she didn't know. Yep. Um, that just makes it even funnier. But yeah, kudos to this guy for not backing down and Detroit Bond. Yep. All Good right. Stuff. Let's go to the Super Chats. Let's finish it off. And if we got time left, we'll just hang out. Yeah. Yurashima Otaru said, Mary can feel the Canadian from Ryan Reynolds. Is Ryan Reynolds a frost bag? Yes. Is he, he's yep. a maple leaf. He is. Okay. I see what it was. I can sense it. Yep. I can sense the frost bag. Get a mint mobile cell phone next. Not going to happen. Nah. I don't want to support his empire. Shane H. Wilder said, did Madam Webb just break the 180 rule? Yes, Why? It, it did. 
Absolutely. What is the 180? So rule? you can't do the shot directly. So basically, like the shot comes in from this angle, and mm -hmm. then it comes directly 180 degrees this way, which is why the cut looks so awkward. You don't start the next yeah. one from. No. The, they didn't even need to do the shot of her walking into the car. All they had to do was start with her in the car. It was stupid. Yeah. Well, they had to show her running. That did not. See. I just, every line that Dakota Johnson delivers is with the most, I don't even know what the word would be. It's, she's so like nonchalant. I guess, yeah. I guess yeah. In, in these action scenes and when she's supposed to be in these like high stress situations, she's like, guys, come on. We gotta go, yeah. Like in we the have trailer, to go. Like, we have to go. Which is what you say when you're leaving for Target. It's like, what you say when you're telling your kid to put their shoes on. Yeah, like what they're like, what it sounds like your mom is like trying to make it to the grocery store before it closes, and like you're you're dawdling, so you're not ready in time. She's like, we have to go. The world's about to end. It's time to leave. It's just she's not a good actress. Sorenko Productions said, uh, uh, "What does this stand for?" Um, I can't see it. B N H. Uh, Two. Oh, Blood and Honey. Blood comes and Honey March. 2 comes out March 26th. Okay, well, okay. The, the list I have is wrong then. Um, I guess they delayed it, so we might be able to review that one. Gal Gadurp said, Welp, so much for making Brent happy. I really, there's just something about Welp. Somebody else, I saw somebody in the comments say, <laughs> like, um, uh, they hate when somebody says, Anywho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> I don't mind it. I, and also, by the way, guys, I'm I'm being sarcastic. I, I'm kidding. I, I don't actually care that much. It is just I think a funny, you do care. It's just a funny I think you thing. care that much. I do not. Shane H. Wilder said, Welp, I got nothing. Just wanted to annoy Brett. Thank you. It worked. I appreciate that. Um, Shane H. Wilder, cringe of the day. Thanks. I hate it. Yeah. Sorry about right that one, guys. Right there with you. Also, I think the dark Brandon post was done by someone on the right. It wasn't wordy enough to be done by someone on the left. LOL. Yeah, but, but they don't have access to his account. But Well, they basically copied all of the right-wing memes yeah. about dark Brandon. I do love how, like, a left-wing meme is basically just a tell it like a novel. Yeah. It's, like, it's got, like, 10,000 words. And you're this, like, this exception was just them siphoning content yeah. from right-wing Twitter accounts. It's still funny, though. But it was, it was good. Carnell said, I'm not all that curious as to whether Madam Web is going to be any good, but how will it hold up compared to early 2000s female superhero films like Catwoman and Elektra? Look, I still got a soft spot for Elektra, okay? I still got a soft spot for both Ben Affleck, Daredevil, and Jennifer Garner, Elektra. I do. I Were those like... Given a lot of bad reviews at the time? They're just or like... superhero movies weren't exactly in their heyday yet. I mean, yeah. When those came out, <laughs> you know? Corey Anderson said, I want to see Mary fight Mindy for real three rounds. Not going to happen. I said, at least Not you get her on the time. show and then just, I'll be like. We'll bury the hatchet. And I'll be like, remember when you guys got in that fight and then just. Fight, we'll we'll fight, have fight. a reasonable conversation between ladies and we'll bury the hatchet. Gal Gadurp said, no problem laughing at my own group. What do you get when you put a dozen hillbillies in the same room? A full set of teeth. I've heard that one before. That's well. good. Shane H. Wilder said, I wrote a script with a character described as girl next door. Why? She was the girl next door archetype. These people can F right off. Yeah, maybe what you say is, it's not a stereotype. It's an archetype. That's different. Wait, what? Well, because he says it's the girl what next door archetype. What is supposed to be the difference between so, a stereotype and an archetype? The, uh, intent. Really? I'm guessing uh, how you're how you're supposed to perceive it. 
Okay. Sorenko Productions said those DEI churches already exist, Mary. They're called Planned Parenthood clinics. Mm. Okay. Yikes. Gal Gadurp said, I think the wrestler John Moxley described people who get offended at a comedy club perfectly. Fragile ego, fragile body, weak mind, weak spirit. Loves me some John Moxley, also known as Dean Ambrose. Remember the shield. Shane H. Wilder said, Richard Pryor literally had a stand-up called What is What Was It Something I Said, with him getting burned at the stake. Two of the bits were shortage of white people and new N-words. <laughs> it is hilarious. I also think of like Ralphie May. Um, who made the the bit about like um, he's like he's like yeah like I don't think war in Iraq is or Afghanistan's good but these gas prices is <laughs> <laughs> like he's like I go to the t-. and the funny thing is the amount is like two dollars a gallon or something like this so he's like I look at the gas I'm like George light them up <laughs> I've older seventy five said if the sub count somehow dips b- below a hundred k then goes back up to a hundred k again will we get another celebration no. show no that's just a sad admission that you somehow no. like, backtracked and failed and it hopefully won't happen like that i will feel much better once we get to that 101 we're putting you all in time out if you yeah. do that to us gordon shumway said brett you now have to make a t-shirt that says welp anywho it's kind of like anywho. i'm not i'm not doing that so i i wouldn't wear that not wearing a shirt making a shirt that i wouldn't wear all right guys we're just gonna hang out i want to know how the chat's doing uh, i imagine people are still like us a little bit exhausted from yesterday's uh 400th uh four-hour johnson sounds like she's on xanax all the time see i would watch that movie like uh i would watch a movie called like xan man it's just it's just a guy on xan it's just a superhero is just just zooted on xanax the whole time and he's just like we can have a superhero for every drug and he's saving the day but he's just saving it really slow and the whole movie is shot in 120 well it'll be played by Lil Xan. I love it. Obviously. And and, uh, and and he's just like and like a lady's falling off a balcony, he goes, No. <laughs> and he jumps very slowly to save her. <laughs> we'll have a drugs cinematic universe. I, I'm I'm so down to do that. We could have an Adderall superhero. That I could play that just one. I I could do that. I vacuums could have done that the entire world. <laughs> Sorry. Um, meth man. He just meth he, man. He takes apart your TV and puts it back together again. Yeah. Um, all, actually, that's how he saves the day. He, like, he writes computer code by taking computers apart, mm. you know, in like, a, in like a shed somewhere. Mm-hmm. They'll redo X-Men, but it's just using Elon Musk's Twitter platform. You should do that. Um, the um, Manic Mustache said, how do you get a one-armed, okay, I can't say that word, out of a tree, wave. That, that word does not offend me. Either. Well, we can't say it on YouTube, can we? Because so, it's a slur. I watch, a, <laughs> I watch, I watch a, a wrestling podcast called, um, uh, I mean, I don't know if they're still together. It's like Don Tony and Kevin Castle. And Don Tony would always make uh, jokes with that. <laughs> Makes me laugh. Is that as technically? Some, I mean, I know it's about. As a Polish person, it doesn't defend me. It's about white people, so it might be allowed on YouTube. Um, I, I, <laughs> I just, I think no, it's it's about Polish people. Yeah, but they happen to be white, therefore oh, it's yes. okay. Yeah, it's okay. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the rules anymore. Somebody says Brett loves talking about drugs. He literally cannot stop. Somebody else brought up that uh, that she sounds that way, right? Dakota Johnson. Yeah, yeah it was the person in the chat. Yep. Um. 
His superpower is to get high off all forms of rocks. I mean, that, I mean, isn't that kind of what Bane is for? Bane has his... Bucky uh, Duckies and Mary would be good at the drug cinematic universe. You would be. You would be fantastic. I still believe that you'd be fantastic. Brett's Don't extremely do it, Don't niche do hey, compliment. Look, I also told her when, when she started with the Zins, I said, Don't do it. But... I did it. Nobody listens to me. I did it. <laughs> uh, one from Gordon Shumway says, wasn't the line in, wasn't that line in Kick-Ass 2 when he named the guy Black Death and Genghis Carnage? And the guy said, isn't that a little racist? And he replied, archetype. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. We get, like, if, if you were in like a, if you were in like an HR meeting or like a, a meeting with corporate, they'd say, Whoa. let's soften it to archetype. Look at that. What? Oh, just put it on screen. It landed like that. You can go. That's cool. Should I should I move it now? Yeah, yeah. The moment's over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gal Gadurp said, speaking of superheroes and drugs, the YouTuber Solid JJ has a hilarious anti-drug PSA for the Avengers. Captain America's pro drugs, obviously. Of course, he has to be. He's got the he's got the super soldier serum like pumping through his veins, stuff like that. What was the the chemical in? In Black Panther. Oh, oh no, not in Black Panther. You, you're talking about in Aquaman too. Is it, there's one in both. Uh, it, what was it? There's in, one in Wakanda. Yeah, yeah and the, and uh, what is the one? I was the Aquaman two one. Guys, does anybody remember what it was in Aquaman two or a Calcum? Yeah, that was. Yeah. Okay, but what was the um. Vibranium or uh, something. Oh, vibranium. 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 Yeah. Yep, strongest substance in the MCU. Really stupid. Uh, so Bucky Ducky says, "Mary, sell me on Mary, sell me on Zins. Brett, sell me on no Zins. Because tethering yourself to any chemical that you have to pay for and may not always be available to you is a bad idea. Always. Let me think of the most dishonest way to reply to that. It'll make your life coffee. <laughs> Again. What do you mean? Coffee. What? I pay for coffee. Yes. That's also bad." Yes, I mean, but for the most part, controlled substances uh, are worse because they could be harder to find. What if, for instance, coffee you're out, enhances my life? Of what, course, I'm going to pay for it. What if you're out and you don't have uh, an ID on you and you can't get your and you can't get your zins? What if you're simply at uh, you're out late at night and there's no gas stations open to get any? Well, then I wouldn't buy them. What's the big deal? But I'm saying that not everybody's going to be able to just not do that at some point. If you get a chemical dependence on something, the idea well, What of, if I'm that type of person where I'm just going to be fine until whenever I can get them? That's you, though. Not everyone's like that. I'm just saying it's not a gamble worth having. And a lot of people claim that they're that person and then find out later on that they're not that person. Well, what would happen? I, I start bumming cigarettes off of the yes. ground in a gas station? I mean, station. Maybe not the ground, I mean it's like... It's a little bit far-fetched for me. I think that it's really a personality thing. And, oh, and then, um, yes, caffeine is, is still a drug. So Yeah, uh, it's a drug, uh, but I mean, it's something that enhances my life. Yep. I drink it every day, and I think that it's worth it. I pay for it. Yep. Same with nicotine. And if uh, I didn't have the option, there's then I a, just wouldn't buy it. Yeah. You know? Well, We'll see one day if when, when Mitch McConnell or whoever it was gets that bill passed and they ban it. I mean, purely out of spite, I would have to go to the black market. Was that, was that Mitch <laughs> that McConnell? That was not Mitch McConnell. That was, was Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer, same thing. That was Amy Schumer's evil uncle. Disgusting old I would almost take Amy Schumer over Chuck Schumer. There's a... <laughs> After that. I saw a list that says Amy Schumer. It was something about Amy Schumer being an A-list actress and all that said is like, in what universe is Amy Schumer an A-list actress? What is actress? she then? She's an A-list actress. I, I would say that she's... Uh, she's a... 
B. Or no, was it Amy Schumer or was it Melissa McCarthy? It was one of those two. Melissa's, it might have been, been Melissa McCarthy. Well, after The Little Mermaid, maybe she's a B. Uh, there's a, from Bucky Ducky says, do them responsibly. It's not a tether, just a fun. Okay. I'm not going to spend my life trying to convince anyone of anything. I'd so you would just say that for every person, the gamble of trying alcohol, of trying coffee, of trying energy drinks, of trying nicotine, would, all I of would these not, things. I would not do it against the, the stuff that's over the counter that is more easily accessible. I'm not going to harp on. And I'm not going to harp on if anybody doing this stuff. As I say all the time, I don't give a crap what you do. If but you basically wanted... your argument is you would be better off never trying that list of things. Like yes. you would be better off never having a drink, never doing a drug like never smoking a drinking cigarette. coffee i mean you're basically like going full coffee. mormon i'm not saying coffee i'm saying that i'm saying you would be better off never drinking any alcohol you'd be better off not smoking any cigarettes you'd be better off not trying any uh feel good prescription drugs or feel good non-prescription drugs I've, because the risk is far greater than whatever short-term reward is there for you and i don't find that to be a ridiculous take i've known too many caffeine addicted fiends mm -hmm. in my life mm -hmm. to say that you know you're good with over-the-counter mm -hmm. things that you don't need to show an id for all i'm like, saying is that the other stuff is inherently going to have a, a a larger detriment on your life faster i also knew people who uh, this is bad they, they like do recreational benadryl which is crazy that can like cause you to hallucinate right um yeah yeah, yeah, it can. I mean, a lot of people do that. Like, it's like people who robo trip and it's stuff like so that. It's so bad. Yeah. Uh, there's some more here. Oh, um, Shane H. Wilder said they can take our lives, but they'll never take our zins. There you go. You got it. Bucky Ducky. Oh, you read that one. Yeah. Um, Corey, Corey Anderson, Anderson says fart. He just said fart. Yeah. Gordon Shumway said, isn't Blade portrayed to be a drug addict with the serum that he takes? Yeah, in the movie. Yep. Carnell said, I'm sorry, but people who can't find themselves laughing at George Floyd jokes are in are a pain in the neck. I'll see myself out. Oof. That was a good one. Um, do we have any more? Gal Gadurp says, the screen okay. shimmers and waves. We cut to a frazzled dwarf of a lady stretching on tiptoes to retrieve cigarette butts from a public ashtray. Brant shakes his head. I tried to warn you, Murray. 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 <laughs> Uh, um, the Manic Mustache says, all fun and games until you were trying to score behind a Waffle House. Well, it would be a Waffle Home. It wouldn't be a Waffle House. Trying to score Zins yep. behind a Waffle House. Look, all I'm saying is that, like, like, for me now, right? Like, after getting sober, like, I don't have any, like, I'm not prescribed to any, like, prescription medications. Because one of the worst things about it was, like, imagine, like, you live a life where you're kind of tethered to these chemicals that you're getting. Most of the time back then, not legally. Like, you can't travel you can't do anything because you have to constantly worry where it's going to come from right and all I'm saying is like uh, anything that you have to take where you have to base your day around whether you have it available to you and that could go for coffee that could go for uh, depending on how much you like it right or uh, or cigarettes where it's like I can't get my day started until I have them I just I'm saying like go and do what you want you know me I don't give a crap I'm, I'm pretty much all for legalists I'm pretty libertarian on most drug stuff um but like the idea that uh, you lost you would, your pen that you would willingly do that <laughs> is just usually just seems kind of stupid to me i know people that started smoking at like 24 i'm like bro you lived through the target market <laughs> era you had all the information not to do that but then i'm like but i knew that 
uh, like when I was young, like I had a, like in my family, there was a lot of alcoholism, right? That was very common, but I had a blind spot. Cause at that time I just didn't know that prescription drugs could be as addictive as they were. So mm. it kind of caught me by surprise and it was too late. Do you um, have thoughts on the straight edge movement? Do what you want. I mean, uh, on the more judgmental side, I think that's dorky. I think that uh, do what you want and, and leave it be. I, I find the um, the kind of preaching of some of it to be stupid. But I just never understood why it was associated with punk music. Um, I don't really get not, the never really history of behind it. No, it wasn't ever really of interest to me. So Bucky Ducky said, "Mary, are you high right now, though, <laughs> while at work?" Um, I mean, I really wouldn't consider nicotine uh, as something that makes me high but like yeah i consume nicotine at work pat the plumber said smoke some crack and find out mary i'll pass on that i, I don't think i'm going to dabble in crack i would highly recommend you actually i already did smoke crack on um alex stein's that's show. true i he, forgot about that yeah he introduced me to crack mm -hmm. and ruined my life yep. So One that phase of my life is already over. The Manic Mustache says, uh, 18 years clean, experiment with hair color, <laughs> not drugs. I've been telling everyone this yep. is the way to go. It's better to experiment with hair colors than drugs, but also better to do neither. Yep. <laughs> don't don't dye your hair and don't do drugs. Look, to, to me, it was always like like my perspective on it is also colored by my own experiences, which it was a very hopeless time. So if I can, you know, push down and say, look, do what you want. But I can confidently say to you that it doesn't do that. Ninety nine times out of 100, it's not a great idea. I don't think that's a, a ridiculous thing to tell someone, but do what you want. You having kids is going to be so interesting because that impulse to say do what you want i feel is just not going to carry over you're going to turn into an authoritarian because at that point it's like your entire life is in my hands because yeah. i'm your parent and i i like have to set these hard limits on you because yeah. you can't see what's around a corner well yeah well i mean but it's also everyone knows that your Whoa. your belief for uh, others that you don't know is not the same as how you're going to yeah. treat those in your immediate life uh, my my ability to infringe on your right to do whatever you want is not something that should matter but my right to raise a child to this you know to the um, morals and beliefs that you hold dear that's expected of you mm-hmm just different different expectations so all right guys we, we have another one though oh, last of my kind said y'all are background noises while on an ambulance nice let's go i hope you work on an ambulance and the... you're not in the ambulance as the patient what was the what was the shirt that we were talking about like uh just almost in... worth your attention uh, with pop culture crisis almost worth your attention yeah um we got one here from da, 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 prince da, da. Uh, L.E.N., <laughs> uh, a black actor activist found and called David Lucas's mom and whined about the St. Jesus, uh, the St. Jesus George Lionheart Floyd joke. It's didn't end well for the caller. We'll have to look for that. I okay, I haven't seen that. anything yeah. about that. Uh, and one more here from the last of my kind says also using Zin to gaslight myself to enjoy running. Good, good tactic. There you go. Uh, OrganizedBusinessServices.com says, what the F did Alex Stein do, Mary? Um, we smoked crack on Alex Stein's show, yep. but it suspiciously tasted like flour for yeah. some reason. Funny I feel that like works. that has a similar chemistry. <laughs> Gordon Shumway says, straight edge people are weird. I once got in a fight with a bunch of them because I was drinking a beer at a Fugazi concert. At a Fugazi concert. That's, uh, 
That, see, that, they that, just come up to someone stupid. who's drinking and and they start fighting with you. Like that's, that's stupid. Like let people not a do great what they way want. to bring people into your belief system. It's it's like looking at militant vegans and expecting that to be something that's going to appeal to the general public. It's just Somewhat not similar. Yeah. Uh, Suncoast Samurai says Limitless was a good drug. Was a cool drug movie. Yes, NCT. Yeah. Also. A highly underrated TV show that only got one season. Had no right to be as good as it was. Hill Harper, Jennifer Carpenter. It was a lot of fun. You only got um, Bradley Cooper in like four or five episodes. But it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was really, really good. Better movie, yeah. I'll say. Uh, I haven't seen the movie in a long time. I watched the show a couple of years ago, but I haven't seen the movie in a very, very long time. I should go on and rewatch that. People post the clips and they're like, me on Ativan. Yeah. <laughs> Concerta. Adderall or no the uh Vyvanse yes Vyvanse. as I say Ativan would be, not would be a downer Vyvanse. not an upper yeah um Bucky Ducky says Pat the plumber is advocating for crack there is a joke in there about well I'm sure you got it yes I don't remember what the super plumber. chat was well it was, it's a plumber in crack oh lol yes. <laughs> uh Kelly K says I just want to hear the party music again well you're gonna get it uh here very shortly it is going to come up perhaps we should do the outro then yes. while we wait Mary go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you yes you can send me validation on Instagram at Mary archived or you can send me hate on X that is also Mary archived there's also one more there from organized business services uh this is great Mary this is why I hate Alex Stein Okay, I was joking for the record. He did not actually smoke crack with me on yes. that show. It was fake crack. I love the idea that that's like the, <laughs> the like, so what should we do today? We should smoke fake crack on the internet. I, I had no warning. It was just like you go in and you, you do whatever he tells you. That's the bit, though. That's the bit. Yeah. All right, guys, before we go, would you hit the like button on this video? And would you please subscribe to this channel if you have not subscribed here already? It's uh, been great to get to that 100,000 subscriber mark, but we want to keep growing. I'll feel a lot safer once we get to like 101 and we're not just sitting there at like an even 100K on the... We're not actually going to no. go under 100K at this point. I'm just point. saying it's it's better to... It's kind of like when they say like uh, if, you, uh, if you lose a game, if you feel like you lost a game by three points in the NFL and it's like a bad call that loses the game for you, you didn't win... You, like you didn't have the game won anyways. Like we got to get to over 101. We'll do it. We too. do it. So we got to get there, guys. If you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram and on Twix at Brett Dasovic on both of those platforms. PCC is here five days a week, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific. We are on Amazon Music. Again, I don't know who uses Amazon Music, but we are Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify if you would prefer to listen to this podcast rather than watch it. And if you want to follow the show on social media to see clips and whatnot we are on twix at pop culture underscore show facebook and not tiktok at pop culture crisis instagram at pop culture crisis pod we got one more here from bucky ducky he says how dare you smoke fake crack breaking character i'm sorry i broke the fourth wall all right guys oh and i'm gonna end the poll here for everyone i also uh i forgot that i did that so with 38 percent of the vote it looks like you're saying that you believe that madam web is going to be awful 34% of you think it's Morbin time. 16% think it's just going to be bad. And just 10% of you think it's going to be so bad that it's good. We'll have to wait and see. Guys, stay tuned for the post credit scene. You will hear the Crisis Party music one more time. See you in just a few seconds. Bye, Bye guys.